Um, kicker dropping 1,000 RDP to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. And I guess that means it is time to kick off Rantcast 74. I'm, of course, the magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar. Uh, we're going to be talking... Uh, uh, I'm joined tonight by by Alex G. from the In Your Phase podcast and the Left Coast Corsairs. Uh, how's it going, man? We got a little cat attack going on right now, so we'll see how long. Oh, yeah, in yeah. one sec. Yeah, that's how long it lasted. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing real good. It's uh, it's uh, getting a little chilly, but we're hanging out. We're having a good time. See, that's that's why the hoodies are good. You get it. I love hoodie weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, you know I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so I I get it. <laughs> yeah, right on, right on. And of course tonight we are doing a, a topic that that you actually kind of pitched to me uh, just on a random Twitter conversation. We are doing Punk Hammer, Age of Rockmar. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about punk rock and Rockmar. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Age of Rockmar, Punk oh, Hammer. I love it. <laughs> uh, Rocco, your boy in the house, saying Punk Hammer, eh? <laughs> right. So yeah. we're going to be. Talking about punk rock um, and sort of mapping various like songs uh, to uh, the various like sort of gods, in some case, some factions. And you've actually got a like this sort of out of left field uh, uh, realms to some punk music. But a little bit. I feel like it's more genres to different realms. You know what I mean? Genres to realms. Right on. Right on. Um, Yeah. So I guess I just want to I just want to start out by by asking you a question like like. I mean, obviously, we've had some cool conversations. You're rocking your Menzinger shirt. Uh, awesome, awesome band. You can actually stop listening to the podcast right now. Go listen to the Menzingers and then come back. Cool. All right. Welcome yeah. back. Glad you uh, glad you got that in you. Um, Menzinger's freaking fantastic band. Uh, sort of in the, the post-punk era, you know, what I would consider a relatively recent punk band. But yeah. Time's a, time's, a, time's a lie. They are a champion. <laughs> right. Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so when when did you when did you like kind of get into the punk scene? Like, when were you like I'm a punk fan now? Is it something you've always been? Was it, yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like ironically, it was at the same time I got into 40k um, or, or Warhammer. You know, I play Age of Sigmar. I play 40k. Um, I really don't play specialist games all that much. But you know, my podcast is essentially every other week. It's a 40k podcast or an AOS podcast. But there's always things in between, kind of like you talked about that first hour of just shooting the shit. I try to limit it to like half an hour, but I definitely have a shoot the shit shit session. So no matter what, like a little bit of everything's being talked about. But um, I started essentially like 10, 11, like started listening to like, oh, this music sounds cool. And then like you get into high school and junior high, and you're just like, oh, I understand the lyrics now. Like great. And then uh, and he gets super edgy about it for a while. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. I, yeah, I add that same. It's like a continuum of like edge, like getting cursorily interested in it, taking it way too seriously, and becoming an edge lord about it, and then like chilling out. <laughs> like Dude, that's triggering to me. That is super triggering. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I mean, I had my I had my goth phase uh, for a long Ooh. time, but but I was in. Essentially, my my goth phase was my punk phase because there wasn't a full on goth click. My the schools I went to weren't big enough, and really in the '90s, goth had for the most part died out. Like goth, you know, was emo was about to exist, and goth had really kind of receded. So it was just like me and my friend obsessed with like capes and the color black and nail polish and and stuff like that, and just like you know listening to that uh, you know Bauhaus and you know some you know Nine Inch Nails was kind of like our gateway drug there and, and KMFDM. Uh, but like we hung out with the punks, 
because there wasn't a, a dedicated goth click. And I have a hot take on this a little bit later on. We'll, no. we'll, we'll, we'll ease everybody into it. Um, so I like hung out with the punks and stuff, and then but I just like I was always allowed on the periphery of the punk hangout. So uh, my yeah. click, quote unquote, growing up was actually the Wino punks. In what shout out to Winona, Minnesota. Nope. Yeah, the Wino punks, and uh, you know because it's Winona, Minnesota, they abbreviated it to Wino punks, uh, and so we did in fact drink shit tons of wine and listen to to, to punk rock. Listen. Uh, wine underage and listen to punk rock which which naturally jived with the goth thing because like you just pretend it's blood anyway even if you think wine tastes like shit um <laughs> yeah um uh, i don't think wine tastes like shit anymore uh <laughs> but i still pretend it's blood sometimes speaking of it's vampires sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of a blood bowl reference there um Okay. So yeah. So uh, you know, and then of course, like uh, I, you, you said, your Pacific North Northwest, California, that that whole sort of like West Coast is one of the big, big prominent like drivers of the punk scene, at least in America. And uh, Wisconsin doesn't seem like they'd be known for their punk rock, but like Kenosha, Kinocore, and uh, you know, which is you know, their take on hardcore. Kenosha is like huge in the punk scene as well. So when I kind of moved east from Winona in Minnesota to Milwaukee, that Kino scene where I, you know, drive down, catch shows and stuff like that kind of took over. And, uh, you know, so it's like punk has always just kind of been there in my, I don't want to call it periphery, but it's always been like one of those like sort of main, almost like a limb, just like, it's always, you know, like, a, like an extra appendage, like just this thing that I always have, uh, you know, a hand in. I always, I've always been around. Um, so Yeah. Uh, do we want to give the do we want to give checking a, a a a history lesson real quick? Should we? So like, should we? Yeah, we can. We I can. Mean, you were... Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Now, direct hit from Milwaukee. Wait, what's this? Wait, uh, what is this? Sorry, check uh, checking chat gang here. Uh, GW had their own record label for a while. I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. But uh, have you heard of like bolt thrower? Bolt thrower? No, no. Oh my god, dude. Okay, wait, hold on. I'm going on Spotify. I need to name off list to you. So this is definitely not a punk band, but um, so this is a band that I feel I, like I've heard rumor that, rumors that they were like endorsed by Games Workshop for a time. Now, someone in the chat game probably knows a lot more than I do. So, um, but if you look up, if you look them up, especially their older albums, like there's an album called Realm of Chaos, and there's literally Space Marines on it. Then like War Master, and then there's like, then they start like getting out of the Games Workshop IP and they have different ones. But like, let me name you, like, so, so Realm of Chaos is an album. Uh, it was made in 1989. It's 38 minutes long, um, but you know it's got 12 songs, so you start to know where things are going here. Um, and you know, here are the names. Let me know if this sounds familiar with certain IP: Eternal War, Through the Eye of Terror, Dark Millennium, All uh, uh, All That Remains, Lost Souls, Domain, Plague Bear, World Eater, Drowned in Torment, Realm in, Realm of Chaos, Prophet of Hatred, uh, and then like an outro. All I have to say is. Pound and how like that's actually really awesome and now i uh i have homework and we're gonna actually have homework for you chat gang because we're gonna have a playlist that'll be in the down there part underneath the video or uh or i'll i'll link it when i reshare this video up on twitter so if you follow me on twitter you'll you'll have access to this uh no problem i have a lot of the music we talk about tonight but uh punk i think for the like the, from a cursory look a lot of people think punk is like like more of an aesthetic um you know maybe they go as far as to say like it's a 
you know, it's a culture, a subculture, but it's often, it feels like in the mainstream defined by its aesthetic and not the cultural aspects of it. The aesthetic is sort of the byproduct. One of the big things that's central to punk is this DIY notion. I mean, it, it, for, you know, like you see like, oh, that's steampunk, that's cyberpunk, that's this punk, that's yada, yada, yada. And for a lot of people, it just means like taking the thing that is kind of cool and making it dirty and kind of crappy. Like that's, no, that's the like vestiges. That's the, uh, that's the cosmetics of it all. And even, and when you do that, you kind of offend, uh, you know, hipsters like me or snobs like me, I should say, um, the DIY aspect is pretty central to punk. When it comes to punk, this DIY, this do-it-yourself ethos is pretty central to punk, and that actually goes into the music, because a lot of punk was essentially born out of garage bands and like pub bands that just like made music you could set up, play like the the, the sort of technical accessibility and the exposure of it were, were central to punk's evolution. You got to keep in mind that, um, you know, it's rooted in that, that 1960s garage period, but it really came to prevalence in the 70s, uh, almost as direct counterculture to, like, the great rock of the time, like Hendrix and The Who and stuff like that, who would put on these extravagant shows. Hendrix could essentially just prattle about on a guitar for seven minutes with nothing else and people ate it up because he was such a aficionado he was such a a a a, a virtuoso that that was awesome and so you had this like sort of like this arena rock like selling out you know woodstock like these these massive popular rock and roll and you somewhere deep inside you had this like just sort of tied to the counterculture of the time uh like festering and becoming kind of what we know as we know as punk. So, um, you know, punk is you know technically accessible. It's DIY. There's a rejection of contemporary and mainstream. Uh, I've heard it described. It is the pure, uh, the pure, no bullshit rock and roll. And uh, it's often previously it was very suspicious of like technical skill, like the Sex Pistols. Uh, Johnny Rotten wouldn't have his fucking instrument plugged in you know like he's just like <laughs> well okay so, so you make a good point there and so you know a lot of my favorite punk rock bands are bands that were you know around in the very early 80s and are usually still around today and uh like you know bad religion is one of my favorite bands so when you told me that you were listening to a lot of them i, I got a big kick out of them because they were like the very first punk band i ever got into and like you know i've listened to ridiculous variations of hardcore i've had my like pop punk phase i feel like that's a seasonal phase for me it's like every summer um that's you fair. know that's and, and but like there's all these different phases for me but then it's always um you know, there's always, like, a constant medium of, like, bad religion for the most part. And, uh, you know, even though, like, one album is basically one song now, it's, like, they don't have a lot of variation in their sound per per album now, which I don't mind. It's like a, you're listening to a 30-minute a, a song. But, um, I, uh, you know, listening to them, and, and they used to have a, uh, a documentary that I don't know if it's still out now, but I went to... Um, I went to four of their shows that they played in a row during their 30th anniversary tour. Um, and then I went to one of their 40th anniversary shows, um, bef- you know, m- maybe a couple of years ago. And they, um, you know, they, they talked a lot during the uh, documentary that came out during the 30 years, uh, uh, 30 year reunion. And they were talking about how like they started up with uh, punk rock because they wanted to make music and they like would get intimidated by seeing a lot of like the, like, 
bands like Kiss and stuff like that that were out there. And then, you know, uh, with L.A. punk specifically, with like West Coast punk, it came a little, you know, it came at the same time as like East Coast punk. But at the same time, it was very all influenced in that whole base that's based around, say, the British punk rock. Yeah. And, um, and you know, with that, it's like, oh, there's these people are making music that I like, music that other people like and you don't have to be Jimi hendrix you don't have to like be crazy with guitar you know and so you know it's ironic now because you listen to like bad religion and like you can definitely tell that like fucking late 50s ash like brett guritz likes to just like throw oh, yeah. it out there and oh, do yeah. some crazy solo <laughs> oh, yeah. but like at the time when they're like 16 you know they're yeah. not gonna they're just like oh we can do this you know yeah yeah and and i think that 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 again that that diy spirit that like accessibility and just do it and the emotional i mean face there is an emotional drive to punk music i mean one of my friends uh, his name was corbin back in middle school uh he sold me on punk with basically one sentence is like is like no bullshit just emotions or no bullshit you know just emotions be raw and like i'm like hell yeah you know and then we jokingly had a band called screaming mime and all that shit like <laughs> so um awesome. Now, because I am a writer, I have to do a quick sidebar on this notion of punk literature. Um, and punk literature does take a lot of the sort of... Um, it takes a lot of the, the the societal aspects of punk. And that's really what defines... You know, like a lot of people are like, oh, punk literature, like cyberpunk. That's punk literature. I'm like, if it's just the cosmetics, you're not punk. And and the, so so a lot of like punk literature, punk journalism, uh, punk poetry is for the most part, it's, it's usually transgressional, often subversive and always questions the norm. Um, and I wanted to bring this up because something that has just been haunting me lately is this notion of something called hope punk, because like we're actually in a dystopian society right now. And so what would be transgressive for a dystopian society would actually be hope. <laughs> so, uh, Yeah. Like having hope that things will actually work out. Um, to give you an example yeah. of something that might be uh, uh, hope punk would actually be uh, uh, Undertale or Kipo and the uh, and the and, and the Wonder Beasts on on Netflix, where uh, essentially they're pacifist playthroughs, uh, usually with friendship and hope as central themes to them, and their trends. Like Kipo itself is takes place in a post apocalyptic setting. It's it's dirty. I mean, it's very a beautifully animated show, but like it's it's the world is decayed and dingy, and they're wearing a hodgepodge of clothing. Those things that are aesthetically punk in a sense, but really, what's going on is the subversion is is in that that hope, and there's often that clash between the sort of nihilistic attitude of punk with this sort of weird utopian like ideal at the end of it. So, like, bad religions are yeah, perfect. Yeah perfect example of that clash between sort of nihilism and a notion that a utopia exists true north the album is just that is exactly one of those like one long songs albums uh but true north yeah. is is very much that like you know until i found true north and like he, he just like this notion of like society's not adequate but if i you know find that true north then you know you know everything will get better type thing so um so that that's just I wanted to do that as a real quick sidebar. Um, again, double down on the fact that it is not an aesthetic; it is an ethos, and oftentimes we express that ethos through our appearance. Um, so. so you know, I find that to be really interesting too. You mentioned you mentioned like appearance, and you mentioned aesthetic, and um, 
you know, when people think of punk rock, they usually think of a lot of different things, which I also think is also a bit of a misconception, too. You know, like, uh, I live in Portland, and, you know, prior to pandemic times, um, you know, I, we would, you know, my, my fiancé and I, we, you know, we, we both have, uh, let's call it an alternative lifestyle in terms of our diet, too, which is also something that's not too uncommon with punk rock, right? Um, you know, I'm one of those vegans. But um, we we go to a local punk bar that's like, a, you know, only has like a vegan menu. And um, see, and there, there you are. Sub- there. there you go, subverting society with your not eating meat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, there you go. And there's a whole thing about that, too. But like, um, you know, I would go there and, you know, you'll see a bunch of different people in this punk bar and somebody would look like, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like. That's my that's the thing that, like, I think it's Midwest and and. Um, and primarily, like, West Coast punk rock, I feel subscribed to that a lot. Um, I feel like East Coast and British, like, punk culture doesn't really... Like, they, they do put a lot more of an emphasis on, like, aesthetics, which, you know, I disagree with. But, hey, it's something, you know, really it's all about being inclusive at the end of the day. Like, to me, like, to me personally, I think that punk rock is just being 100% inclusive and making sure that everyone's here to have a fucking party and, and to have a good time. But, like, you know, it's, and so I find it interesting because it's like... Um, and you mentioned, you know, of course, you use um, you use a gift from SLC Punk, and that's a perfect example too, because there's a scene. I'm not, you know, that's like a, an intro Fantastic. movie, right? Fantastic. Like, yeah, like how to, like how to, like we're actually, uh, if you're not into punk yet, we are going to over the course of this episode, dear listener, dear chat gang, uh, we'll get you into punk with our little gateway drugs of punk. So first step one, go watch SLC Punk. <laughs> continue <laughs> which is also like a biased view of it you know at the end like even me in high school at the end of that movie i was like i don't disagree. i don't agree with this you know kind of thing like that it was certain aspects of it like guys character main characters character development i i agree with but some of the things matthew lillard rock, yeah. yeah matthew yeah. lillard yeah yeah, yeah. And, but but like even then it was like um you know, I'll go to I'll go to like that bar to pick up my food, and you know, I'll be dressed in like maybe a band T-shirt and a hoodie, like my usual staple. If if people ever hang out with me in real life and we're we're out and about, uh, is like a band hoodie, a black sweatshirt, uh, and like a denim jacket with buttons on it, and like that's my usual aesthetic. Or sometimes I'll like I'll you know go total dad core and have my Mensinger's hat on, which is like a long billed brown one, and like a flannel, and like you know a fucking Patagonia like poofy thing and just like walk out with like jeans and like flip-flops on so like yeah. you know it's you know it doesn't matter what you look like it's just a matter about like how you feel how you act uh you know you know being very like independent and doing it yourself and all that stuff like that we talked about earlier yeah, so that, and of course yeah. inclusivity yeah, yeah I, I i like that the 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 ethos again i like that you're bringing up it, it like inclusivity because uh i mean there is a I, the story I shared a couple times about how like I the 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 nicest mosh pit I've ever been in is like flogging Molly mosh pit, where it's like it's just tight. like you get That's knocked tight. down and like you don't get trampled. They like they help you back up and then they get back to like thrashing about. Like I just I remember like that so much. And I'm like this is not what I would like was depicted to me by especially like parental figures about punk. You know, I'm like you, you like that that inclusive aspect. I think that that. I think real punks are all about because there's a particular subsection of punk out there, and I have but two words to say to them: fuck off. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know what you're talking about. You know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking. About. <laughs> I, I I like Nazi punks can fuck off is what I'm saying. They they can they oh, can of fuck, course they can fuck right off. 
Um, That's the default state. Mm. But, um, you know, like when I was in high school, it's like, you know, it's, it's a little hard to, and even in middle school, you know, it's hard to go to shows and you have a little bit less independent sometimes, unless you're like a lock, uh, you know, a, a latch lock kid. But um, um, we, I, Warp Tour was obviously something that existed and, you know, RIP Warp Tour. But, you know, I remember going and like one of my favorite, like, or my first like big shows I ever went to was something like that. It was like a music festival. And when people got like knocked down from a wall of death, everyone's there to like lift everyone up. And like, that's honestly how it's supposed to be. Right. Like right. it is that weird utopian, like Star Trek yeah. fucking society that ironically is like super punk rock. Yeah. Because, you know? because, because the status is not quo and punk. Like we don't live in that, in that Star Trek post scarcity utopian society. That's part of what pisses punks off so much is like, we have all this success. We have all this abundance. And yet, you know, you're poor, you're angry, uh, people are getting killed and thrown in cages. Like, you know, th there's that, that need to lash out and just like put it into music and, and say something so that you are heard. And I think that, that, and you, you do form that community of inclusion. I think for me, that's, that's punk. And to go just one more thing to kind of wrap up the appearance aspect of it. Uh, you know that like the clothes ultimately don't matter when it gets right down to it. Because every punk band always has that one, and I'm going to use the word term here because it's going to put a certain image in your head, dweeb in a polo in like khaki shorts almost every time. It's like their bassist, sometimes it's the drummer, <laughs> like every time. I was looking at uh, going, going through this, and I'm freaking watching Henry Rollins, like young Henry Rollins covered in blood and bald and like screaming and spitting, and just right behind him, just dude in a polo, rock it out. <laughs> I'm like, like that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> At Weasel, oh yeah. God. Everyone in Weezer for a period in time, yeah. Like the the dad the dad punk is like really coming around now. Like I I think that's where I'm at. Like I'm usually the jeans and t-shirt kind of guy, like a band tee. I came around to baseball caps recently. Um like I remember thinking, like, you can't wear baseball caps because baseball caps are for squares. And then I saw Tom Morello wearing one. And I was like, Tom Morello wears baseball caps. Fuck this. I'm wearing baseball caps. Like, Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, you know, I, I that's, I mean, yeah, the way long way to go about the, or a roundabout kind of thing. But, you know, it, it's all about just not, you know, not having a very outward kind of image. And so that was the example I was trying to make. Like, you, go, I, I go to that bar and I'll see people who are dressed like me or who are just like whatever the fuck they want. And then you see, you do see the people that like took four hours to like tassel their hair a certain way and like wear like the tight leather jeans and shit like that. And I'm like, okay, like that's, that's you. You're yeah. doing it, man. Yeah. Well, see, <laughs> see, society cares about appearances. To subvert society means you therefore don't care about appearances. That's what makes you punk. You see, you don't care about them. That, yeah. that that's what's punk about it. Um, like vampires, man. <laughs> and uh, before before I move on, uh, I just want to mention once again your your podcast that everyone can catch you on uh, in your phase. If they want to hook up with you on on Twitter, how do they do that? Just just real quick, resetting the guest here again. I'm with um, uh, with the the Alex G. Yeah, uh, you know, the, I'm all caps. Oh, what? Uh, just go on, yeah. 
Uh, I'm all cap spooky on uh, Twitter, uh, but then we also have In Your Face Media. Um, we do a lot of uh, Age of Sigmar and 40k based content. Um, we do battle reports every, well, live stream games every Sunday. We do hobby uh, hobby videos every uh, Wednesday. Um, our hobby videos are done by my co-host John. Primarily, we got, he's got a lot of uh, 40k with Necrons uh, being put together. Very first time I ever met him, he had a Space Marine army with a million LED lights in it, and I was like, I didn't know him at the time, so I was like, that's super annoying. But uh, he's a fantastic <laughs> hobbyist. So even if you don't play 40k, just watching him put lights in all these ridiculous models is is great. Um, we do, uh, my friend Jeremy and I, we are my co-host Jeremy and I, we do games every week, usually splitting between Age of Sigmar and 40k. Uh, we do our, our usual show gets released around Thursday or Friday. So our next show is, um, an Age of Sigmar show and it comes out tomorrow. So, um, it'll be both video cast and a uh, regular one. Um, it's going to be available for everyone, basically wherever you get your podcast. But, um, you know, we're all about just community building. Um, you know, we're going to be on, we're on Twitter, we're on Twitch, uh, Check us out just in your phase media or in your phase. Uh, we'll be there on, on Facebook as well. But I actually got to say, too, um, someone brought up both Direct Hit and Hot Water Music in the chat. And I just noticed that. And Direct Hit, I've been on like a spree for them for like the last like two years. And uh, and I love Hot Water Music. <laughs> it's fantastic. Fantastic. And Soren, the mad lad, recapturing re his crown and gifting... Five gift subs, one to Encantabot. So, you know, thank you for that. <laughs> the rest of you, Tristan, uh, Razor Tree, all caps Alex, enjoy your emotes. A uh, lot, uh, lot of death emojis up in there for you, Alex. So uh, you can spam your own chat on your own stream uh, with them. Oh, and, then, awesome. and then I want to get uh, one one quick shout out before we move on to the the, the, the body topic here. Uh, there's a, I had a guest on a little while ago. Uh, her name's Monica. Uh, her and her friend... Uh, Rye do uh, the bonus experience podcast. They have a fantastic episode. It's their season two, episode 14. It's called You're Not Punk and I'm Telling Everyone. Uh, it's about like sort of punk RPGs and punk gaming. So if you want to like, if you're like, man, I'm jazzed for punk, go there. Like check that episode out. It's really cool. Um, really, they're, they're, they have a lot of uh, LGBTQ plus uh, uh, like forward uh, episodes two: How to make your campaigns more inclusive. A lot of stuff like that. So I highly recommend that that podcast and 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 especially that episode. All right, we had a great segue in there early on, and I just like I tabled it. I didn't say anything. I was I'm like, oh, we could segue from bad religion into my first my first god. So what we're gonna do here is uh, uh pick some gods, sometimes some factions, uh, list a song or a band that kind of sums it up. Uh, I'm gonna let you go first, but we gotta start. With the main with the main man, we got to start with Nagash himself. Okay, yeah. So for Nagash, like I feel like we probably have a good way. Like like I, I mean, we we were on your rant cast uh, a lot earlier on. Jeremy and I were. So I think we talked a lot about Nagash. It was one of those things where it's like you brought us on because we were competitive players, and then we talked about nothing but fluff for the whole. Thing. That was that was during the rantathon. It was supposed to be yeah, the, the It was during the the rantathon for uh, I don't mind uh, Mental Health America's campaign. And uh, you were on that, and it was supposed to be the competitive block. And uh, mm -hmm. we talked fluff and flavor the whole time, <laughs> which is... Yeah, exactly. Except... Oh, man. So, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Go ahead. I was say, yeah. Not not all competitive players are uh, you know not into fluff. Like we're all super into it. I I think um, there's a reason you get into Warhammer if even if you're a competitive skew. There's a reason you're here and not someplace else because there's plenty of like competitive games. If all you care about is the competition, there are other games where they might be better competitively or better suited to you competitively. What brings you to Age of Sigmar is that fluff, that narrative. There's a, there is something. I think personally, I think Age of Sigmar in particular is just there's nothing quite like it or its community in the whole world. 40k community, uh, no shade. I know you get, you do a, a good a good divide of it, but for me, the 40k, I just never quite jived with that community. I I had no. I played a lot of 40k in uh, high school, college, and then post college was a big 40k block for me. Competitively, I was in a like a literal grognard store where everyone's a everyone's a that guy. You know, I was in that type of environment. Felt no need Not to go fun. to depth. Yeah, felt no need to go to an Adeptagon, felt, you know, felt no need to, you know, we all hung out on Bell of Lost Souls or Bolter and Chainsword, like, you know, panning people's lists on the internet for being worse than they think, and it just, it wasn't my scene, it just wasn't my scene, and obviously that was that store, not every 40k shop is like that, but it just, it never jived for me, it wasn't until Age of Sigmar where I really felt those strong connections to other individuals and, like, want to travel to see my friends across the world uh, to play wow. Age of Sigmar with them, so... So. Well, that's great. I mean, like, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you got that opportunity. It sucks that your local community uh, for 40k was was that meh. Um, you know, I got to say, for me, I I grew up in the Bay Area in California, so thankfully I was like very much like fostered into like a very healthy community there in terms of like competitive play. And then uh, eventually I had like a little bit of burnout with 40k, and then I went to AOS. And then I had a lot of burnout with 40k and went straight to AOS. And just, just right now, I'm starting to have a little bit more of a balance. So I, Those I Necrons, you. man. Those Necrons. If ever I was tempted to go back to 40k, they're... F- if, you ever, if you ever want to start, I, I am... So, I'm back. I'm back, baby. They're so gorgeous. They're so gorgeous. I don't want to play their game. But, man, do I want a whole fleet of Necrons just because they're pretty. They're so pretty and if I it makes it. You, <laughs> if it makes you feel better, they're slowly becoming the same game. I mean, like, no. that's a hot take. No. That's a hot take. That's no. a controversial subject. No, keep your but... shooting face out of my game. <laughs> you know how much of... Okay, well, first of all, too late, because we know the top... No, the top no, 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 it'll be fixed. The top four are all the shooting armies. Yes, I know. The S tier is just the shooting armies right now. Ironically, Age of Sigmar is more unbarred for shooting than 40k, because in 40k, they have obscuring terrain now, and it's making everyone lose their minds, because, like, if a terrain is more than five inches, then you, no matter what, you just, if uh, even a little corner of the line of sight blocks through it, it's like, nope, can't see. And yeah. like, ah! yeah, so it, in AOS, it's like, oh, my my skyhooks don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, or, like, or LRL, where they literally say they don't care about line of sight. They're just like, pew, pew, you. Like, yeah. No, no, it's... it's yeah. They also shrunk the table in 40k, which does, which helps combat armies get in a lot faster. So it's not just drop and pop as much anymore. Like, oh, you miss, you misdeployed your your knight. Get fucked. Yeah. Like that's not really there. Um, no, uh, I don't think the shooting meta is here to last because the shooting meta, anytime it, it persists too toxically in Age of Sigmar, and I think we've hit that tipping point. Especially with like the COVID ex- COVID exaggeration to everybody's opinion because we're not playing enough games uh, to get enough for- informed opinions, so we just latch onto the toxic ideas, and then we I, it's not here to stay. I why are we doing a Warhammer takes inside of our punk show though? I don't know. I, well, I will say that um, I feel like uh, uh, Iden of Deepkin are going to be the meta breaker for that now with Marathi book, but they're not very punk rock. They're actually kind of emo. So that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> oh, well, like, yeah. We, I, we, I, we, 
Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was like, we don't have Joe, Joe Cryer in the chat, so we can't jump in with that. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so we're going to start with Nagash. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you uh, you have the, the floor here first. Okay, well, Nagash was a little bit of a hard one, because I feel like you and I have parallel, like I was going to say, parallel views on like how Nagash is, right? A lot of people think of him as just like a punk bitch. Uh, a lot of other people think of him as like the ultimate realm, uh, the ultimate idea of like lawful evil. And um, I kind of think of that too. Like he's, uh, I think two plus tough put it best. He was like, he is the ultimate order God, but it's his order. You know? Yeah. So um, ironically, that's not very punk rock, but um, he, it, it has... is if he's, it is if he's subverting the current, status quo and that is exactly mm -hmm. he is in a sense because like his sort of what would be a totalitarian it's not like the the alt the like the the cool punk rock that i i like where you're believing this like sort of leftist utopia uh because that's all about like you know a lot of freedom and like um you know freedom and people are like uh you know get along like that right um he he wants to subvert the norm the bad way by stripping everyone of their free will because you know if he does like the 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 dominant the dominant culture in age of sigmar i think we need to establish first and foremost uh it's basically chaos rule right now even though it is the age of sigmar he is fighting back he's not winning it's just the age of it's just the age of sigmar because he's fighting back they have civilizations now but the they're always like it's always like that 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 doomsday clock is is you know that that minute hand is very close to midnight in age of sigmar even okay especially now uh i mean right real quick tomb king Trist tristan uh did you think the mentors are wrong that's a bummer um but oh oh dang yeah he doesn't like mentors okay mm. anyways um for for nagash uh, I, I had two. For me, really, uh, one of them was uh, Misfits. Um, oh, he does. Okay, cool. Um, I, I was thinking about, like, I have a, I literally have a spooky punk playlist on Spotify. And so I was, like, looking through it, and I was like, which one's the spookiest? <laughs> and, um, and I figure a uh, real old song from Misfits, Die, Die, My Darling, is a classic. It's a short song. It's sweet. Um, it's not too complex. I felt like that was going to be a good one for them. Um, I also felt like uh, just to be way too on the nose, like way too, like I'm not even going to be subtle, is uh, Calling All Skeletons by Alkaline Trio um, because they're definitely one of my favorite bands. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, I'm just like, yeah, they're literally Calling All Skeletons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, you see, I, I, I love Alkaline Trio, and I was looking at uh, – this is on me. I was looking at bands and not specific songs necessarily. And so I was like trying to find a single song, I think is a little bit easier. And that's what I started to do later on in my list. Cause I'm like, this is too hard. Um, but so I went with a band and, uh, Misfits is a good band too, but I used them elsewhere. Um, so I felt like I couldn't double up and I was struggling to get Alkaline Trio in here because like, I, I love like, like if, if Rantcast had a theme song, it would be, I'm only here to disappoint. Um, that would be, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like like you come here for age of sigmar takes and you just get four hours of me talking about punk music like, <laughs> like <laughs> you're gonna be disappointed um but like i alkali trio like i just it's it, it's such a man it's such it's just one of those like the all-time great 
like sort of punk bands that just sort of spans at this point generations and and genres like i remember that early angsty days when they were using like you know satanism to sell albums and i didn't get the joke initially i thought it was like edgy and hardcore and then i realized it was a joke and yeah. then and then i loved them more you know at first i'm yeah. like like, oh, I'm going to buy this album with my Marilyn Manson Antichrist Superstar album and really piss off my aunt. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. But, uh, yeah, so, so Alkali Trio is is one of, one of my all-time favorites, too. But for Nagash, I actually went with Bad Religion. Just the band. Okay. okay. And you touched on this a little bit before. You talked about this 30-year, 40-year career. They've just been a constant. The, the like... Mm-hmm the landscape sort of shifts around them and they just keep doing what they've been doing like in like on this inevitable progression and even now we're like the the whole like initially being intimidated by by the rock you know like the arena rock sort of big production stuff and just like wanting to rock out that is Nagash's origin story of like just a dude humans aren't even allowed to magic in that time period so like takes the power like from the elves, learns magic in just this total DIY self-made god. And it's just a, a constant progression. And so for me it's about this sort of like this constant, timeless, ever present like thing that just it bad religion's bad religion. You know, they came onto the scene it found yeah. in nineteen nineteen eighty. They've been bad religion yep. since nineteen eighty. And yep. there's a there's just this this com- they're they're definitely punk. They're definitely like doing their thing. And if I were to pick a single song, I went with humor for this. I picked Sorrow uh, by Bad Religion. Uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and uh, repurpose some lyrics here. And I want you to imagine a jaded Nagash singing this from atop a skull tower. Oh my god. So, let me take you to the hurting ground where all good men are trampled down. Just to settle a bet that could not be won between a prideful father and his son. You can imagine that almost as a Sigmar and... Uh, uh, Sigmar and Archeon, right? right? Here. Yeah. Uh, will you guide me now for I can't see a reason for the suffering and this long misery, which would be gone if he wins, right? What if every living soul could be undead and strong? Well, then I do imagine there will be sorrow no more. <laughs> so, like, I went with a humor route, but it's like, if you repurpose a couple lyrics, it's Nagash, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Plus, like, Nagash is all about the long game and have been around for so long. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite parts about Bad Religion, too, is it's one of those bands where, like, uh, we were talking right before recording. Uh, actually, no, during recording. Uh, everything is a blur. Um, when we during were talking the cold about open. How we went, yeah, when, when we were talking about how they, they went from being, like, real simple to, like, really complex. And I find their history really interesting, too, because um, they have two guitarists, and one of the guitarists is the owner of their record label. So he like disappeared for a time, had a little bit of a substance issue, came back, started a record album in the 90s, or I mean a, um, a record label, and it's a successful record label. And then on top of that, uh, the singer, he is a uh, professor at uh, UCLA of evolutionary biology. I have three of his, I just like got a new bookshelf and I was putting my books away. I have Anarchy Evolution, um, uh, Religion and Evolution, and then, uh, evolution and religion, like, is it needed or whatever? And there's like three different books he wrote with like uh, himself or himself plus other people. And he's a like, fucking. He needs to get to nine. He needs to get to nine. He needs to get to nine. <laughs> yeah, he needs to get to nine. Nine. So he's got to write nine like, books. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things where it's like we think you know maybe a little too contemplative. Like for me, I'm like I, I, I get it, I see it, Nagash, little Nagashi, long long game, right? Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so so the, there you have Nagash, uh, and then I went kind of like the direct opposite after that with Archeon. You want to lead us off on the Archeon take? What did you? Archeon, I, think we, I think we had the same idea. Okay, but prior to because I felt like. He's all he's all bitch boy, but um, <laughs> prior to recording, I changed my mind and wanted to be I, like I said a little on the nose with everything. So I wanted to put it. I wanted to put myself out of my big fan of death and spooky army shoes and put myself into someone who might play as Archeon shoes. So I'm doing the I'm playing devil's advocate. Very all much. right. That's fine. No, that's um, good. And I'll start off by just talking about the fact that uh, I put a Bad Religion song on there. I put I Want to Conquer the World um, because Archeon wants to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I felt like that one was probably a little needed. Um, and But then I also went with uh, an Against Me song, a very old Against Me song uh, from Reinventing Axl Rose, uh, which is Walking Still Honest. Uh, I really, really like Against Me. They're one of my favorite one bands of my favorite as well. Too. Yep. And they've seen, like, it, just like any of these other bands that have seen a large progression, they have seen a massive progression, not only of their sound, but also, like, the the Personal. way the band's dynamic is, the singer's complete, uh, you know, uh, change and, and uh, you know, evolution. And um, with them, you know, Walking Still Honest is a really good song. Um, it's, the entire album is nothing like a modern Against Me album, and, like, against me when they make albums like they they hit like the top 100 100 now like they do well and they're not really they're they're very much like they shifted a little bit into post-punk now which is fine um i i'm fine with like i'm fine with post-punk you know i mean that's i think that's the that's that progression we were talking about that at that continuum because eventually you hit the sort of post-punk um yeah Laura, laura jane grace performed with miley cyrus so the the lead the lead singer of of against me and Miley herself is kind of going through a bit of a punk phase where she's she's kind of kind of bucking the industry and trying to like it's a little bit of the Madonna thing where she's trying to just kind of sort of shatter through that like sort of you were this pop icon sex symbol and she's just trying to kind of destroy that and which is I respect it. Um, you'll get really mad and talk about Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a joke. Just a joke. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, but um, for for Walking Still Honest, it's a song that's all about. Um, it, it's a song about religion, basically, and uh, there's there's a lot of like you can tell that uh, Laura Jane Grace, formerly of a different name at the time. Um, yeah, we won't was, we won't dead name her, but go yeah, ahead. we we don't we don't do that. No, no, no. Um, they they were talking about you know. Um, things kind of like questioning the idea of this not necessarily questioning the idea of a higher power like a lot of bad religion songs but it's more like blaming that like it's a very very much a real thing like why are you doing this like what is going on here so this person is walking still honest they're um you know they're they're waiting to be you know told the word right and um and you know for them it's, it's very much about like saying like fuck that thing in particular and I think that Archeon, despite the fact that he is like fuck that thing in particular with Sigmar, they are very like they're they're two sides of the same coin. They're both like they're he's like a demigod, one's immortal, but they're really just the same thing. Yeah. But on top of that, like he has the chaos gods vying for him rather than like them, you know, him trying to like reach their favor. So I feel like Walking Still Honest is kind of like if I were to put myself in Archeon's perspective, it's very much like 
okay, well, fuck these guys. I'm going to do my own thing, and they're going to come with me anyways. Um, so that's why I chose that song. Oh, what did you choose? Uh, so so I actually, for Archeon, uh, I went with, like, actually sort of the Sex Pistols. I'll get to, like, this, you know, Anarchy in the UK and God Save the Queen, which are very... <laughs> Anarchy in the UK is very straightforward, right? I mean, that might as well be Anarchy in, in the world that was, Anarchy in the... In, in the uh, uh, in the mortal realms and god save the queen is a super sarcastic song like it's not does not mean god says save the queen so you could almost imagine archeon's sort of very spiteful attitude but i went with the sex pistols in general as like an ethos because you know they're anarchic and iconic but if you dig slightly deeper in you realize they're overcredited and overrated and the bulk of their success lies with a rich white fat cat yuppie named malcolm mclaren who thought I can sell this to angry kids. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, told me this recording, I was like, this is wonderful. And I think that like, it kind of, it, it kind of makes them an agent of hypocrisy because the subversion aspect of punk and they're just actually sort of a cog in the, in the capitalist machine in the end is, uh, I think that is the, that's why I go with that because Archeon, whilst kind of being this like, you know, fuck the gods type character relies constantly on their power and their minions and all that stuff. And so it's like, there's this, there's this hypocritical nature where like, I love the, the base premise of Archeon, like finds out a terrible secret about Sigmar way back in the day. And it just kind of like, he, and he's just kind of like, fuck this. And you know, he was a priest and he just, and he's done with it all. And then he becomes chaos is chosen. And so I think that there's, there's kind of like a, there's something really cool there, but then there's this grand hypocrisy of the Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse in that he constantly relies on chaos stuff. Like, he is now about to release Slanesh. Now, I if he actually pulls the trigger and spurns the gods, the chaos gods too, at some point, I'd be like, hell yeah, long game. But he's, as of yet, seems super complacent to be part of the machine. Like... Oh, wait, hold on. I hate to interject. Someone just triggered me here. Hotspur. No, Archeon is not Propagandi. They are one of my favorite fucking bands. I am slightly triggered by this. But uh, so, <laughs> so I don't have like a super long take on Sigmar, but I feel since we did Archeon, we got to do Sigmar. So yeah, might as well. Yeah. So what, what did you choose? Uh, for Sigmar, I just kind of went with the Clash because it's two sides of the same coin of the Sex Pistols. Of course, uh, they sort of uh, uh, formed in 1976, uh, a mere uh, that that mere year after uh, I think uh, the mere year after the Sex Pistols. Uh, their climb to notoriety was a bit more gradual too, and a little bit more mainstream and polished. Yeah, and I'm not going to make a Rock the Casbah joke. But London no. calling, but London calling is their best song. Sorry, uh, that gets made mainstream radio play. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I would, I would go listen to London Calling uh, as like a suggestion for the playlist. But, mm -hmm. but I wanted the Clash because like I, they are there for me. They're an inversion of of the Sex Pistols. It's the two sides of the same coin. Commercially successful, even in their time, topping the charts. But they they kind of came along and sort of punched the industry in the mouth and kind of like punched it out of its like arena rock like fetishism so Johnny Rotten is awful so and 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 I guess yeah Johnny Rotten's awful but no but but I had a longer note written down but then I'm like ah we'll we'll talk about this live so I, don't, I stopped writing it and it was basically that like the clash is 
you know, they're just they're just consistent. They're good. You know, Sigmar is just a consistent thing. Like you can have negative takes on them, but when it gets right down to it, it's like it's it's just it's part of the process. It's good that it's there. It's great what it did for the scene, and that's how I feel about Sigmar. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see that. I see that. By ex- by, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, go on. By, what? No, no, no. I I was gonna move on to the next point, so finish it off. Oh, I was gonna say for Sigmar, I was a little uh, conflicted on what to put for him. So because I have a I have a bias very similar to how you have a bias for Archeon. And so, you know, I, I try my best to think of him as the great betrayer and and all those other things that Nagash would call him. So I was, at first I was like, okay, well, like, I could go with Black Flag's My War uh, because sometimes, he, you know, I'm sure Sigmar feels like he's the only one on his own side despite him having, you know, a pantheon behind him, especially after, uh, right before the Age of Chaos, you know, when Nagash went away and, uh, and he got pissed off and then he ran away and fucked everyone. And um, uh, so I was looking at that, and then uh, just two on the nose, I was looking at Chapter 13, The Hero Appears by the Lawrence Arms. So we're going to go into that Midwest punk again. Um, but then I felt like what might be the best was uh, a more recent propaganda song, Victory Lap. Um, <laughs> that one, I feel like, was a little too too much like, oh, shit, this is Sigmar. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. That's the one that makes the, makes the playlist. I'm going to put London Calling on it just in case someone hasn't heard it, because it's, it's just... Okay. Nuclear era. And my bad about the Johnny Rotten thing. That's clearly not um, the the clash. I uh, I was still thinking about Archeon and Sex Pistols, and I got I, I was like thinking about how how that upsets me. The singer is just <laughs> awful. yeah yeah yeah. Um and so, so yeah. Uh, by extension, uh, I was gonna say Stormcast Eternals. If if Sigmar is the clash, Stormcast Eternals are the offspring. Uh, 1984 mainstream, but actually cool. Like, actually way cooler than they get credit for, even. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll agree with that. But, like, yeah. the offspring, I mean, you can think about Smash. Like, think of specifically Smash, all right? Like, if you grew up in, like, a, like a, like a, a pseudo-conservative or a small-town home, and the only way you didn't have necessarily awesome friends, and the only way you had, like, the first inlet on-ramp you had to get into punk rock, was just what the radio played. You would have heard. Um, you would have heard the Offspring. Gotta keep them separated. Like you would have heard that, and like you would have heard that, and you're like, if that was like what you resonated with you, you'd have just been like, I need more of this, right? And that would have been. And and I feel like that that the Offspring smash that the album is like the just like it's the start collecting box that like how storm stormcast eternals always have a start collecting box in every yeah. every year there's just something with stormcast mm-hmm. eternals that's the offspring like like stormcast eternals are the offspring like you just and like and now like they, they've gotten like at post americana they've actually gotten super like complex and like kind of cool and they're fun again which is pretty yeah. awesome yeah like the, the they've had a couple tunes that were like mainstream successful and you listen to the album like hey that was the worst song on the album like but so yeah i I just but yeah like they're not gonna wow you they're not the most op punk band but uh they don't need a nerf but yeah it's a good (laughs) on-ramp okay right on I, i like that i like that take yeah yeah so so sigmar and the stormcast uh it came to me while i was thinking about sigmar and the and the clash um i'm like 
which, um, which one do we want to look over next? I think we, I'm going to just bounce back to my my uh, as I was thinking of it order. Uh, so Marathi, we got Marathi is the hot topic now because the Broken Realms. Um, <laughs> And uh, no, no spoilers. I'll do a Broken Realms episode probably in December. Uh, November is booked up. Wait, we're in November. I lost a month. Uh, so December will be my uh, my Broken Realms uh, episode. I'm gonna try to get Doug on. We'll see if he he can make time for a plebeian like myself. <laughs> okay. Um, what was your what were your songs? Uh, for Marathi. So this is where I actually used it against me. Uh, and I've got, uh, I'll get to a couple songs here in a second, but again, uh, so, uh, found in 1997, Laura Jane Grace is highly visible and active trans musician. Uh, she's sort of credited with being like the most prominent one in the punk scene. Um, it, like it, it's, uh, her, her, her struggle, her dysphoria was really a part of the, the whole evolution of the band itself, which I think yeah. that 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 powerful evolving and transformative music is just for me it speaks to marathi how marathi had sort of this this almost like a like a, a false life and especially now with broken realms she sort of actualized her dream and her and her her true self essentially uh through through all the dysphoria and so i think that like you know uh against me is sometimes dark sometimes crass but always kicks ass and uh, I would recommend Black Me Out, uh, 2014's from Trans uh, Transgender Dysphoria Blues. In fact, just listen to the whole album. It's freaking great. Um, yes. And uh, just this, like, I want to piss on the walls of your house. Like, I want to chop that fat fucking finger. Or I want to chop that brass ring off your fat fucking finger. She could be screaming that at Sigmar even, you know? Like, just, you know, like, I, I just imagine that. Um, and then Thrash Unreal. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like if she wants to, if she wants to do the thing, then nobody's gonna stop her. Like it's so, so those are the two. I, I went with those two. Okay, I see that. I see that. Um, you know, I, I had a, um, I had a few against me songs for her too, or for 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 Marathi, and I kind of like at the last minute just realized that they weren't relevant in the moment. So I, I had really only one that I had. And even then, it was a little bit of a stretch, but it was based on more old plus new fluff for me. All right. Um, because I keep on I keep on thinking with Marathi, like you know, I, I don't want to spoil um, the the latest book for anyone, so I'm not going to talk about it. But even in like regular Daughters of Cain fluff, you know, Marathi, I think at one point when she's really trying to like build her forces up, she meets up with you know Sigmar, she meets up with Nagash, she meets up with her own son with Malorin, and like I think. I think all three of them in different moments recognize that she's not really like there, that she's kind of like telling lies, that she's kind of like not really who she says she is because she's got her like humanoid form, but we know that her true form is something very different. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Malorn was the first one to just immediately be like, you're not you, you're a lie. What's going on? Tell me the truth. And, um, and so, you know, with, with that, um, I just lost my notes, so I need to make well, sure that I have this. Well, while you oh. pay... Oh, go. You got it? Cool. Yeah, I have it. So, um, so it was really... Uh, th there were two of them, and they were both in the same album, and they were just a song apart, but they are men singer songs. Um, the, not the latest album, but the album before that, um, After the Party, 
is a really, really good album, and it's basically written for someone who's either about to be thir- in their 30s or isn't in their early 30s. So for me, myself, I was like, oh, shit, okay, this is awesome. And um, thank you. Um, and so uh, for me, the two songs that I, I had were literally Telling Lies, because that's like a song that's all about someone who's going through an identity crisis. Basically, they, they don't know what the hell they're going to be doing. They don't know what's going on in their life. They talk about like feeling bad about, you know, buying weed from a dispensary, basically, or, you know, trying to tell a joke and like friends are taking it too seriously. And you're like, fuck, I can't, I can't win, which is, like, way too relevant for me in my life, but yeah. uh, still, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, at least the first portion of that song lyrically really, like, resonates for me, and I'm thinking of, like, Marathi with that, but then um, I also think of Lookers, which, like, realistically is a lot more of a um, reminiscent album, you know, song. It's a, a song that's all talking about, like, um, you know, you and your, it's basically the, the singer and, you know, their fictional or non-fictional lover spouse partner whatever talking about you know um back in the day kind of things uh but they also talk a lot about how their bodies used to behave and uh again way too on the nose with almost any of my choices that i took and uh, her body doesn't behave anymore because uh something happened in the most recent book and it's not allowed to so um <laughs> yeah there's that <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and and I just want to real quick. Uh, uh, I'm not equivocating uh, someone's uh, transition or their, uh, you know, their the struggles with dysphoria and stuff like that with like a quest for godhood. Uh, that was all tongue in cheek. Uh, so I just want to say that um, if you're on your journey, yeah. um, you know, power to you. Um, seriously. Um, so yeah, uh, the next one I have written down is Lady Olander because it just I was in this stream of consciousness when I first started writing down my notes. And it it all just came out, and Susie and the Banshees immediately jumped into mind. Uh, so so the hot take incoming. Uh, this is where I, I said I would get to this later on. Goth and punk are the same thing, and that's going to piss off about fifty percent of the goths and fifty percent of the punks. But you're the same. Uh, I know goth music sometimes is a little bit more complex than a punk fan would enjoy, but it really is just like it all starts at the about the same point. And then, like, New Wave happened, and it got weird. <laughs> but we're all coming back together again now. So, <laughs> uh, But Susie and the Banshees, uh, dark, brooding, atmospheric, haunting, like, uh, like, I mean, super metal stuff. Specifically the album Juju in 1981, which is kind of, uh, I want to say it's their, like, critical success album, but it is the one that got a lot of, like, uh, music industry fans to, like, be like, yo, this is, this is dope. Um, it's, and specifically the song Spellbound or Into the Light, which I think are very topical for her character. Um, yeah, you know, for Lady O, I was, um, you know, I, I mentioned that I had used it for something different, but at the last minute I realized that for me it personally feels that way. Um, I feel like Queen of Pain fight Alkaline Trio kind of resonates with me. Because, oh, yeah. Um, Lady O is, she's, she's, um... Oh God, the, the the show ended just a little over a year ago, and I already forgot names. Um, um, Game of Thrones. Uh, the oh, Lannister. yeah. Why can't I think of her? She's like um, a less cool version of Lady O. If if she died, uh, which she does in the end. But um, um, I I hate that I don't remember Cersei. the name. Seriously, are you talking about Cersei? Cersei. Yeah. I feel like like that's basically who she was in life. And then she died, and Nagash went, uh, no, 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 you're coming to me. 
and like she became the lead she's the mortark of grief because you know she was a ruler but um and, and she was a ruler in a realm in shyish and she always had uh, husbands who were bound to be king and then all of a sudden they died over and over and over again so she's just always mourning all these tragic losses what's going on but like she's obviously like setting this shit up right yeah so um queen of pain is very much like uh a little bit more of a love song but it's about someone who's basically giving themselves so, you know it's, it's like a um you know it's very much like a, a a person giving themselves to their partner and uh their partner not giving a shit yeah. in any way shape or form yeah. so she's the queen of pain so i was like oh yep this makes sense as a little bit of a side note, Lady Olander is one of the coolest damn characters ever. So whenever like we're we're talking or speculating about a new new faction coming out and people want like an old character to come back, Lady Olander and Catacross are the reasons I kind of don't. They're so fucking cool. I want to see the new shit that they can come up with like that is in the Mortal Realms. Like because there's so much great fluff. So Lady O is utter badass. Um how much I wanted her to be um I wanted her to be Isabella von Karstein so bad. I know, but I then know. after reading her fluff, I was like, you know what? Not mad. I st- Not mad. I still want Lady Isabella back. Vlad can stay dead. His story's done. Uh, like, I no, I love Vlad von Karstein. He's my favorite of the von Karsteins. But Isabella was, like, more of a MacGuffin or the princesses of another castle-style character. I would like to see her be an actual character with her own plot now. Because she can be opposed to, uh, to uh, Nurgle and have this, like sort of gigantic revenge plot and revenge plots are always pretty sweet yeah yeah I like that yeah uh-huh. yeah so she she can come back like just in fact with vampires if you wanted to get really uh what is it it was a decay and what is it decadence and decay is coming out and they've been talking about how like the decay portion could possibly be uh the nurgle pirate you know stuff you could then piggyback, if that's what happens, if that's the decay, because death can be decay too. If that's the decay portion of it, you can then later on do your vampires opposed to those decayed pirates. And you have some fucking pirate battles between vampires and Nurgle pirates. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'll say that Games Workshop is pretty consistent with how they represent um, death. Um, I... I feel like they don't talk about like rotting very much with death. They do go straight to Nurgle with that. I think they stay they stay with Nurgle or they stay with death when it comes to like stagnancy and like they almost go like cleansing. It's like a yeah. I mean? It's a it's a it's a stat. It's a stasis. It's static. It's it's uh, like it's you're you're already have decayed by the time death rolls around. Even like the mummies like OBR are drink uh rather like uh pristine and stuff like that they're even elegant they have art and culture right like it's yeah it's uh, yeah no 100 yeah. percent. which is a good segue into i did lon as a faction um and i did the dead kennedys because it's a hilarious joke like straight up front if you think about all the mortarks and like just i'm sorry yeah. uh so found in 1978 um, often performed under pseudonyms like the Sharks, the DKs, the Creamsicles, which for whatever reason just reminded me of the Legions in that they're like different, but kind of not really. And so like this, this notion of like, you're getting this advertisement of this book of you're going to play different Legions. And then it kind of turned out to just be like, you know, it wasn't four armies or five armies. It was just kind of one army with like a slightly different like shift. Now, not to be, I, I think Knight does play dramatically different, but beyond that caveat, um, you know, the dead Kennedys, just like legions of Nagash are a staple, um, 
in of like punk rock and they are just a a foothold in that era of punk the way that LON models are like a foothold they're they're completely from the old world but they're almost venerated as like mm-hmm. look at these old awesome like models uh and in particular the song kill the poor <laughs> yes off uh fresh fruit uh for the for rotting vegetables so uh i think like kill the poor is a satire obviously but like this notion that like you just like kill all the peasants and now they're skeletons i think makes it puts a pretty funny spin on that tune like that <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good one i honestly didn't have one for for um legion of grief well or, not- or legion of yeah or any of them yeah yeah uh i mean you can call your shot or i'm gonna make fun of manfred real quick make fun of manfred <laughs> okay please, please. all right so so this brings me the lon discussion and, and i was for a moment there i was thinking i when i went into this i was going to do each each of the mortarks and then i decided like nah don't need to get that granular which is why i landed on the dead kennedys because i just feel like i mean they pretty much summarize you know that sort of grand alliance death i feel uh especially kill the poor um but then I'm like, except for Manfred. Manfred is totally Nirvana. <laughs> so, uh, founded in, in 1987, they even stole their name from another band, much like Manfred stole his legacy from way cooler vampires. Um, you either love him or you hate him, much like you either love Nirvana or you hate them. Now, Nirvana is... I consider Nirvana punk. I think some... Yeah, they're pop rock, but like they thought they were punk, they said they were punk, therefore they are punk in my mind. Um... So, like, like um, how many people kind of blame Nirvana for the mainstreaming of punk rock, um, Manfred can be very directly blamed for Age of Sigmar existing. <laughs> um, he's, uh, so, like, Manfred is, like, utterly crushed under the weight of his current station, uh, while not quite ever being better than his predecessors, despite undeniable success. Uh... So, I mean, that's, you know, how Kurt Cobain was sort of crushed under his own success and never quite lived up to his own expectations, never quite felt like real, quote-unquote, real punk, like the, you know, the stuff that came before him, like Black Flag and like all that stuff. Um, So I feel like Manfred really kind of fits in there. And as for, like, uh, songs, this is where I just want to mention the Unplugged album uh, from 1994. Just just go listen to the whole thing. It's fantastic. Um... This has nothing to do with Manfred at this point. If I were to pick a single song, probably Penny Royalty. Um, I like the play on words with royalty. <laughs> um, but Penny Royalty uh, is... Some people believe it's a, a song about, uh, you know, like, feeling sedated and numb. I think it goes a little bit further into, like, the full and macabre and the death. And I think that ties in with... Uh, you can almost imagine uh, Manfred von Karstein lamenting uh, lamenting that he is not that he's tried to overthrow Nagash several times and take over death and like you can almost imagine him as a vampire sitting there sipping tea that is blood and just like yeah. being upset so uh, uh, and In Utero is actually a pretty great album too so Heart Shaped Box would probably have been an easy one but Heart Shaped Box is more about a relationship than an actual heart in a in a box or, or a literal heart shape <laughs> Just like Manfred so much that I couldn't associate something with him. Like was some like um, uh, like some good Charlotte or some shit like that. Or or like um, Yellow Card, who I just don't like. I just don't like them. Yeah, I just like copy paste some shit in there. Like I'm upset by them, by their mere presence. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not a fan. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so then uh, I'll kind of let you uh, pick the next one since I've talked at length now. <laughs> well, I mean, like, if you were going in the, in the, um, in the direction of some of the gods again, um, you know, we talked about Nagash, we talked about Archeon, we talked about Sigmar. Um, what I, for me, I was looking at, uh, well, I was looking at uh, things that are based around uh, uh, destruction armies. And the first thing I had, I had, um, I'm on the fence about Gloomspite, and I already have one for War Clans, but I was looking at Gorkamorka, and I was like thinking, I was like, what, what can we do for Gorkamorka? And I was just thinking of like, um, I was thinking of uh, Henry Rollins' spoken word, right? I, I'm a big fan of his spoken word stuff. And he doesn't do it as much anymore, obviously. But uh, his stuff in the 90s is specifically good. And he talks about how, you know, uh, especially, uh, I felt like this resonated, not to get too much into it, but I, I felt like... Oh, no, it's Rancast. You can get it. If you don't have a hard out, oh, you can get into it. Wonderful. <laughs> I, I felt like he, like he said something... Uh, in one of his early 90s ones where he was like, when I was 18, I wanted to fuck, I wanted to break shit and fuck on the floor. And then when I was 25, I wanted to fuck, I wanted to break shit and fuck on the floor. And he's like, now I'm 35 and I still want to just break shit and fuck on the floor. And I was like, I get this. Like, I understand this. <laughs> and so um, I was trying to think of a couple of different ones. And, um, and I really actually just focused on one that was uh, basically copy paste for one of them uh, one of my choices was just generic any 80s hardcore punk just in general like whatever one you think of in your mind is a, probably the correct answer but right. then if i were to go a little bit more direct i really really like the idea of gorkamorka being not just like obviously like bash and smash but also like um just being like fucking buck wild like if gorkamorka was a friend and you gave him your car keys he's 100 percent gonna like drive that car gonna go out to like a fucking field or like an abandoned road and he is gonna joyride the shit out of your car you yeah know? yeah so for me i was like we laugh at the face of danger and break all the rules by against me it's another very old against me album bit of a theme here uh, reinventing axel rose is one of my favorite albums i you know i could be wrong that one i Okay, no, it is it is from Reinventing Axl Rose. It could have been from The Eternal Cowboy, but um, it is definitely of, of the same album as one of my songs from before. Uh, but I, that was, like, one of my first songs I think of when I think of, like, joyriding and partying and just, like, wild now and just, like, not giving a shit. Mm -hmm. um, at least that was me. Did you have any for Gorka Morka? Or... Yeah, so I I actually, like, I started thinking about it on, like, sort of a, a, a progression where I'm like, okay, like, gits and iron jaws and i started thinking about it and then like i kind of went philosophical with it which landed me on gorka morka and i'm like if i if i can encapsulate their deity then i feel like i don't need to do every single destruction and so i actually <laughs> went with went with a uh, dropkick murphy's and i'll get to a couple songs later on but dropkick murphy's founded in 1996 I actually had a, a, a singer change um at one point in there early on and so most of what you know of the Dropkick Murphys is 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 the one gentleman mm -hmm. uh, whose name eludes me right now. Um, but if if you want to hear what a wah must sound like as a band, like I can't think of anything other than the Dropkick Murphys because punk bands are usually like a little bit more minimalist. Uh, you know, like a three a three member or four member set. Dropkick Murphys has six standing members because they have to have their like freaking like bagpipe player and shit like at all times. <laughs> Yeah. Um, 
and uh, like they've shifted shifting vocalists even even in their new ensemble they'll have like a couple different singers um, and it's loud it's smash face it's prog- it just it does these loud fat like smash face progressions um, it's a lot more palatable than like the standard like pick a hardcore band that's a that's yeah. a destruction band so like it's a lot more yeah. palatable than that which I think is part of the the like they seem brutal and hardcore but they're cunning too and so like that that dialed back just a little bit uh uh like the dropkick murphys are um but they but at the end of the day they just always sound like they're going to war <laughs> like this band that's just they're so upbeat and and stuff like that um they literally just dropped an album at the beginning of the year called smash shit up and i i listened to the title track from it called smash shit up and i'm like yep orcs <laughs> like Gorkamorka. um and an old an oldie buddy goodie from 2007 called johnny johnny i hardly knew you from meanest times uh you if you switch it to like splorny i hardly knew you uh like some orcish name or something like that it would just it would just be an orc song because it's like this marching off to war type you know they got guns and drums and drums and guns haroo haroo and it's just like like it just such a good tune um, and then I brought up Dropkick Murphy so that I can also just tell chat gang to go listen to Rose Tattoo. Um, it's off of yeah. signed, signed and Sealed in Blood in, from 2013. Uh, it is one of my absolute favorite songs. It's one of those songs that I listen to it and it like, it is kind of recounting back to me, my life a little bit. And, and it's this autobiographical tune that they release and, and that resonance between the two, um, so, I, okay. Gloom Spite so, Hotspur here says Gloom Spite is thirteenth floor elevators. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, sorry, you yeah, said like you had a question point. in there. No, no, no. I was reading the chat at the same time. I was like, "Ooh, that is a that is that is not a bad choice." Yeah, right on. <laughs> right on. Um, and then uh, you had Teclas Tyrion. You actually did those gods, which I. Uh, I didn't do all of them because some of them were like the old. So, yeah, they were tough, man. They were. <laughs> I was telling you beforehand. Um, I, I was thinking about it for the last few days, like what you would put for Teclas and Tyrion. And um, I'm not a big fan of Teclas. Just, I mean, like I also have bias against Luminous Realm Lords, but that's just me and my games against Jeremy with them. My initial games with Jeremy against them. Um, I just recently started playing my OBR again. I feel like I'm getting my my feet back in the water very hard. Are you are you are you using are you using catapults yet? No. <laughs> I also own the model, but I, I have to say, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm you're not team I, catapult. You are not team team crawler. I'm not team catapult so hard, but like <laughs> since I've had a little rung of playing Seraphon, um, I'm like, oh shit, support characters need to die, and they're all cheap and really easy to kill if you have the proper tools. And I'm like, oh, catapult is the tool. Shit. <laughs> and so part of me wants to do that, but I just recently played our most recent uh, bat rep is um, me and Jeremy playing uh, Deepkin versus OBR. And I made a f- I made one decision turn two that like made it go from like an easy game for me to an incredibly hard game to try to win. And um, and Deepkin are just gonna shit on every shooting army in existence. Like, don't bring a catapult because Deepkin exists. Like that's fair. Their, their new stuff is insane. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. Yeah, two up, yeah. two up, two up on rendable rerolling saves. Uh, just get that in you. <laughs> yeah. were, I yeah. couldn't have my three up rerollable, but can be shot. 
No. Well, for me, for me, it was um, you know, Deepkin are one of those armies where you get shoehorned into certain things, even if, regardless of if you're playing competitive or not. And they have no command abilities. They have the generic ones, and then Volturnos has one that can only be done on turn three. Mm-hmm. So he just happened to have commanding. Uh, there, were, there was commanding terrain on both sides. So by turn three, he had six command points. And yeah, he, um, he can spirit bomb with them because it, it stacks. So yeah, the, the so bonus bonus bomb. bonus attacks, right? Like bonus attacks. A bonus in a bubble. attack is a bonus attack for three units. Yeah, in a bubble. Yeah. Over and over and over. Mm-hmm. With the new with the new Achillean with the new turtle. <laughs> Uh, it was hurt. It was hurtful. Brutal. But um, so because of that, uh, because of my distaste for Tacklus, uh, at first I had written, I don't know, some hipster shit. Um, and then I put in a second one, which are not accurate because they're not punk rock. And I did final. I did. I did go on one. I did finally. My journey ended to a punk rock song. But so first I said, I don't know, some hipster shit. Then a little little later on this afternoon. Or when I was thinking about it and I was at work, I was thinking, uh, I put The Cure slash Morrissey or some shit. Because, <laughs> like, uh, Morrissey is hot garbage. Um, and hot take if, if people in this chat like like him. But he's a very problematic individual and uh, not fun. All yeah, around bad time. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the thing. is like, I like the Smiths, but I hate Morrissey. And how do I reconcile these two things? I can't. You mm-hmm. can't. Like, it's just like, it's kind of like you can't. <laughs> yep. King Christian like, totally gets it as a as a person he sucks and also as uh, uh, he is an embarrassment to like punk rock or counterculture or even vegans like he has one uh, saying like uh, uh, be nice to animals or I'll kill you I'm like don't say that it's not gonna you're not gonna get anyone on your side with that shit um, <laughs> anyway um, he's he's just awful so then I did finally get to one and I was like you know what Tacklus is nothing but a big fucking nerd and of all the gods he's a big fucking nerd. And we talked a little earlier about bad religion and how the singer of bad religion is a uh, professor. And that is pretty nerdy, but there's one other punk band that also happens to be a West Coast punk band that just happens to be a little nerdier. Um, And that's The Descendants. Um, The singer of The Descendants is like literally a fucking rocket scientist. And so, so uh, Offsprings is a a nuclear, a nuclear, uh, nuclear physicist or something like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, wow. he he um uh he's a yeah he's a physicist and uh he he had a picture of his daughters in the driveway and he had them standing six feet apart with chalk and he wrote you got to keep them separated on his Twitter or Instagram. <laughs> it was one of the greatest things of it was one of the greatest things of our time. So he's okay. he's he's like a physicist and so like it's like he had the kids as like atoms or something like it was it was a it was wonderful. <laughs> so- so that's wonderful. I had no idea. That's that's really. I'm gonna have to like look that up now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The, so the the singer of the Descendants is um is is a nerd, and he's even got a. They, they even have a uh, song from the Everything Sucks album, which is one of the more popular albums, uh, called Mass Nerder, and uh, you know that one is it's basically a song about saying like I'm gonna beat your ass when we get to class kind of thing. And, uh, and, or like, I'm going to beat your ass in class primarily. And so it's all about like, like, sure. Like you can beat me up and you can kick my ass and you're stronger and faster and cooler than me, but like, I'm smarter and I'm a nerd and I don't give a shit. And that's really the big premise of the song. So for me, I was like, yeah, he's a, he's a fucking nerd, but he's also like, in my opinion, 
kind of an illusion. I, I don't think he's a real person, but like that's a whole other fluff aspect that I think will eventually come on, or I'll be dead wrong. Who knows? Yeah. So so Brian Holland, stage name Dexter Holland, uh, PhD in in molecular biology. So when coronavirus started kicking off, if anyone knows anything about viruses, it might be a molecular biologist. <laughs> I got to keep them separated. <laughs> so good. Oh my god. So That's good. So great. Yeah, the the, the the universe has a sense of humor sometimes, right? Um so yeah, uh speaking of like elf gods, I did Alarial and I did Days and Days for a similar reason that you did the Descendants. Uh and I was really like, I don't know, some hipster shit, like days and days, <laughs> which is like, which is folk punk. And I'm, t and there are people like out there truly, truly love days and days, but like they have banjo, they got the stand up bass, like, and, and stuff like that. And there are people out there who would say that, that punk origins actually go date back to the forties with like Woody Guthrie and stuff like that, who, yeah. uh, you know, this, you know, this land is you know, made for you and me was actually a sarcastic takedown of God bless America. And like the original lyrics are like super scathing and sarcastic. Um, he actually wrote it. The original title was God blessed America for me. And then like, obviously the record label made him change it and stuff like that. And so like that would that early, if you can think of a time period when the, the only commercial music was really folksy and you know, that sort of stuff. A lot of people cite Woody Guthrie as kind of like the original punk punk rocker yeah so, i see that yeah um but yeah days and days is kind of an evolution of of our punk has sort of kind of migrated back towards uh like the folk punk uh you know the woody guthrie sort of influence the outlaw rock of uh you know uh, uh, johnny cash and and stuff like that so a lot of that that migration back to that so um i think a larial fitting in is that sort of you know still punk but that you got to have the folksy vibe in there yeah, and I, I like I, so I gotta say too. I mean, I, I didn't re um, the fact that so many people are bringing up Midwest stuff too just comes to the point where um, there's no such like I think too many people generically like to think of the coast when they think of punk rock culture in the United States too. And like you know, um, Hotspur just mentioned the Spike is a pipe bomb, and I believe that they're a Midwestern uh, punk band as well, in addition to all the others. Mm -hmm. And as a just total segue here, just or a total side point here, I want to say one of the my favorite fucking like uh, uh, punk festivals. I want to say I use punk in air quotes because it's not just punk rock, but one of my favorite fucking music festivals I've ever been to was 2013 Riot Fest in Chicago, and it was one of the best best festivals i've ever been to and i've never been to the fest in uh in in um florida and who knows if i'm ever gonna be uh because of everything but yep. um midwestern punk rock is nothing to fuck with it is I real fucking tight. i agree much like yeah. chat game, much like chat gang ain't it nothing to fuck with no there's actually a big like uh the chicago punk scene in particular the influence that had in pop culture uh do you like uh, there's a reason that Vampire the Masquerade's original sort of splat books, quote-unquote, were Milwaukee by night and Chicago by night. There's a reason they chose those cities, because it, uh, I believe the company is actually based out of, like, the West Coast, like, Oregon area. I don't think they were local. They were they were locals, really? but I, I could be wrong. They might be from Chicago. Um, I can't remember. Gosh, I'm drawing a blank. It's been a while since I've, I've, I've uh, refreshed on my, my VTM, uh, my Nusha knowledge. But there's a reason that those two books were there, because Vampire the Masquerade was essentially a very punk 
RPG. You think about, like, the RPG resurgence was happening in the 80s and 90s, and that was when they were kind of going out and scooping up all the all the random-ass IPs and just making RPGs out of them, right? That was that sort of first block of that, and that caused some stuff. And Vampire just kind of comes along and, like, punches that, that notion of buying up existing IPs in the mouth by taking folklore and just, like, fucking with it. And so there, there was, like, a whole undertaking for the VTM uh, game. And, again, there's a reason they, they put it in... They put it in Chicago. Also, I mean, a lot of the meta plot has to deal with the West Coast now, which I think pays homage to the sort of, uh, to the punk scene. If you look at a lot of the, like where the splat books are, it's, it's punk epochs that they're talking about because it's, it's a punk game, but sidebar done. Uh, I agree. Midwest, uh, Midwest punk ain't nothing to fuck with. And it's weird. You don't think a lot of like sort of rural, individuals have a lot to think or say about about like the status quo and wanting to undermine it or or lash out against it um but especially chicago especially milwaukee kenosha obviously um one of the bands that i think is most responsible for post-punk fallout boy they recorded in wisconsin right like that 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 first album that kind of came out and and i think that was one of those like really like commercially successful tip of the iceberg type moments for the, the post-punk resurgence. Um, yeah. Post-punk is, is one of those things where it's like the older I get, the more I listen to it. Like I've been really into, um, or this time last year I was listening to like iron sheet constantly. And like, it's one of those things. Yeah. I, I use post punk. Yeah. So like post-punk is in quotation marks, by the way. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's, the whole thing. I mean, hey, yeah, Fallout Boy, though, uh, in terms of pop punk, it's one of those bands where it's like when I was in high school, I was like, fuck Fallout Boy. And now I'm just like, yeah, there's, they got some jams. They're they're not quite emo enough to, to, like, I know that everyone says they're emo. Maybe, and maybe they're firmly like pop punk. But, like, I mean, they're, the obsession with the 80s that was really prevalent in a lot of their music is, I think, was too what much. We, I, which is, I think that's that's partially like responsible for post punk because like yeah they're they're pop punk but like you have that happening and then that sort of going back to like the eighties influence but essentially progressing it right like going super like progressing the actual music which is re- really where post punk you talk about like we talked about like bad religion like actually being complex now and uh, more complex than they ever were before the Menzingers have some really good licks like really great progressions. Um, yeah. The chat, the chat. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Pop punk fits, yeah. Um, Iron Sheik is great. Iron Sheik is fantastic. We were listening to some Iron Sheik um, before. Uh, post-punk is when you give up your dreams and wear a die for the man. Ugh! Ouch. Ouch. That hurts so bad. Ouch. Ouch. Ouch, my feels. Like, right, I shots fired. I don't wear a tie. It's high-vis, thank you. Um, I'm a, I'm a skilled laborer, not a not a office monkey. <laughs> um, so getting us oh, getting us back on track. I did Karajan Overlords, uh, flogging Molly, mm-hmm. drunken lullabies, and swagger. I don't think I need to say anything more. Yeah, that's pretty good. I like that. In fact, I would probably I would probably keep I would keep to those choices as well. Yeah, just just keep it short and sweet. Um. <laughs> um. 
Stiff little okay. fingers. Stiff little fingers for KO. Right on. So I would take one. I would take if we were going to talk more Midwestern punk. Um, I would take Dillinger Four as very uh, Carajan overlords. Um, you know, I would specifically think of like um, minimum wage is a gateway drug and. Uh, more the name than the lyrics, but double whiskey coke. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, getting um, drunk and capitalism, right? Like those are yeah, yeah, right. Like that's I mean, that's what it is. Um, it's getting drunk and capitalism. I think that's that's dwarf. So any any band that really dismantles that, um, I feel like it's got to have a jig to it, which is why I really lean towards flogging Molly. Oh, that's like, you, okay. So you were like focused on the jig. You can you can almost imagine the like the the dwarves like dancing, you know selfish man right like i said swagger is like a whole album but like selfish man jumps the mind i don't need i just See, devour I... everyone and every hour honesty is all i need and that's all that i care when i think of ko i think of like well okay so when i think of ko i think the fact that they're dwarves and when i think of dwarves i can't think of anything else but the book of grudges like constantly yeah fair. so like for me i'm just like um for, for me, I'm more like, I'm going to have a drink, but I'm also like, I'm not going to be happy about it. You know what I mean? I'm going to take this thing, but I'm still going to have a bad time. You know? <laughs> um, Hotspur, you're not wrong. You, if, if you were trying to have a hot take here, a uh, hot take failed. Swagger is better than Drunken Lullabies. It's fantastic. Um, and then uh, uh, next up on my list, we'll, we'll do the Chaos Gods in a block. So I think I want to finish off the, the stuff around Chaos Gods and we'll do the Chaos Gods. Okay. Um, but I've got Beast of Chaos because i got to talk about Beast of Chaos. This, oh, Beast of Chaos. And you already mentioned this song. But like, <laughs> but for me, Beast of Chaos are tirelessly DIY. They are like, they're doing it all themselves. I don't think there is a more punk army in Age of Sigmar uh, than Beast of Chaos. Like, even their Herdstone is DIY. It's got the little, like, stuff hammered into it, you know? It's chiseled away. Like, yeah. like yeah. they don't have a they don't have a sculpted, hewn, like, chair to sit upon. They don't have, like, this bone-tithe nexus that is pristine and immaculate, uh, apart from the bones. Yeah. Um, it's the DIY Herdstone, man, that, that, that tirelessly DIY. And there is no band more tirelessly DIY than Black Flag. And... There are few bands more punk than them, and I went with My War from 1984, um, and it's just it, it it even like lacks the the humor that Black Flag had in some of their albums. It it's just yeah. it's just aggressive, <laughs> like and and so for me it's just for Beast of Chaos it's Black Flag and My War, but wow. but you already mentioned it I like too, that. yeah, yeah. Um, for me, I took a different route. I I wanted to think of something that was just like hard and brutal and like kind of just out there completely. I wanted to try to find a song that was just like ninety seconds of like pure insanity. That's right. Um, I didn't I didn't find that, but I found one that was two minutes and twenty four seconds of pure insanity. For me, Beast of Chaos. I was thinking of um, a two thousand four Casualties album on the front line. I was, uh, and it is the, actually the name of the song. It's the second song in the in the album called "On the Front Line." And uh, I remember listening to the Casualties a lot when I was in high school, very much in my gatekeeper phase of of punk rock, which we we get into at some point, like we talked about earlier. That, yeah, you have and, that, the edge lord smug phase. Yep. Exactly. And so, like at the time, I was like, I'm gonna only listen to like the craziest fucking shit. 
and um and like casualties are just like constantly like you're just on it the whole time for like two to three minutes and uh and i just think that's how, that's how beasts of chaos are so um that's plus, like i play a lot of vermintide or i have played a lot of vermintide and so for me i have a very specific idea of how i think beasts of chaos work <laughs> that's amazing Keo needs to be the techno remix of Diggy Diggy Hole. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, so I, I don't know. Skaven, I struggled with. Did you have you have you been able to talk or think your way to Skaven? Actually, um, yeah. Since we were since we were having this discussion, I was trying to figure out what we could do that wasn't just accidentally Nurgle. And um, right, and right. Because GG Allen yeah. came to mind. Like I had some overlap. <laughs> like, <laughs> go on. Go on. Exactly. Um, Too Young to Die by Agent Orange. That was what, what came to me. Because I was just thinking of... Because, like, it's all about, like... Um, you know, I can look up the lyrics real quick. But, um, you know, the, the lyrics are primarily based around, like... Um, uh, you know, uh, like, a lot of talk about, you know... Uh, I'm looking at it right now. You know, the we saw the, we we saw the world go up in flames, and we just smiled and stood there watching. Skaven clearly, you know, destroyed Lustria in the old world, and just like didn't give a shit. They crashed uh, a moon talked, into oh. it. It was hilarious. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, they don't expect to know my name, surrounded by the black steel frame, kind of things like that. So, like, all I could think of in the lyrics is just like, um, um, in the, in the, uh, the. Total War Warhammer Two main campaign that's not Mortal Empires. Like there's a two, there's a double-tailed comet, and of course this is like old world. But like I'm a fan of old world and top, you know, in addition to AOS, right? I'm, I'm an equal opportunity employer. But um, they like the the twin-tailed comet ends up not being a twin-tailed comet and ends up being like a rando Skaven in a fucking pod that like the council launched out as like a rocket. So it's really a fucking rocket. Like a with like a tiny Skaven like about to die in it, and it's like oh, that's fucking tight. <laughs> amazing, oh. amazing, amazing. Yeah, uh, Croak. I drew I drew blanks on because I feel like Croak right now. I just kind of. Mm, mm. Do you have one? Did you get for Croak or? Dude, I was I was not able to get Croak. All right, Croak so, is so hard. I feel like you can't even play punk rock with Croak. I, I, like I know. So, I mean, that's the thing. Is like Captain Beyond. Like you're listening to like some fucking Captain Beyond for Croak. Like he's a he's a Nardwar of fucking punk stuff. Yeah, like, like totally different. Yeah, like he's just not like you're you're listening to like some prog rock. You're listening to to like some psychedelic. You're not. If you're down with Croak, I don't think you're listening to punk. I, I tried really hard. There's some, there's some like crazy, like, uh, like, like, uh, like psych, psych punk and, and stuff like that out there. But like, I just, nothing, none of it like really seemed to fit. So I think you're like on like the Captain Beyond train or, 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 uh, fucking, uh, yeah, just some, something that's just something, some whacked out psychedelic, um, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I tried. They're, they're, they're too, they're too normie. To, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Hotspur says, Croak is Hawkwind. Not familiar with Hawkwind. Jork. Jork is Croak. Okay. Yeah. So for me, like when I think of Seraphon, especially like, like I, I play Seraphon right now and I play a lot of like Qual's Claw, uh, Qual's Claw um, cause the pr correct pronunciation took me a while to realize that I was like, Oh, this is actually directly Mayan. Um, but they uh 
they're just like way too mi- way too missionary position. They're just like <laughs> too much. Um, Le- Lemmy's band before Motorhead. Hell yeah! What was Lemmy's band before Motorhead? Hawkwind. No way. Hawkwind. It was literally called Hawkwind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hawkwind. Okay, I'm, I gotta check it out now. Very space. space. Hell yeah! So, like fucking rainbow and shit. Go ahead. Speaking of Spacey, um, Bad Religion's second album ever is called Into the Unknown. And it is incredibly hard to find. So much so that the only person who hasn't consistently been a member of Bad Religion through since the early 80s has been the drummer. And I don't know who the drummer is right now, quite frankly. But I know that as of at it's, least it's two like, years ago... It's like this is Spinal Tap. Like, there's just always a different drummer every scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> So, so um, the... The one of the drummers that was at least active as of a couple of years ago, he was the youngest person in the band. You know, everyone was in their mid 50s and he was in his like mid 30s, for example. And so he, um, he, I remember this is back when like messenger boards were a little bit more like regular, active, common, etc. And the so- something, part- something awful era or post like something awful. Oh, no, you're, um, you're like, you're talking like, like about bad message boards, like wow forums. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, message right, right. Yeah. Forms. And I remember he himself actually like com- like made a thread on there. He's like, hey, listen, like, um, I know Into the Unknown exists. I know it's an experimental album. I know it was their second album ever, and they never went back to it. Uh, it is very hard to find, and my bandmates won't let me listen to it. Can someone send me a copy? And uh, I have listened to it. It is it is a synth album. It is a 1984 or 85 synth album. And it is the wildest fucking thing. It's awful. It makes sense that they wanted to like bury it and never bring it back again. <laughs> you cannot find it. Like vinyls go for hundreds of dollars. It is a fucking relic. And it's bad religion. And it's the weirdest thing ever. Like, now I just want to. I just want to hear it. Now I just want to hear it to hear it. Like the context is interesting because they, you know, being a part of the LA scene, um, they had witnessed um, some of the bandmates during a show had witnessed um, violence against a um, uh, um, two people, an LGBTQ couple, and they got so like disgusted by the community at the time. And we're talking like 1982, 1983, that they like wanted to remove themselves from punk rock. And uh, then they had this like experimental album. Then they went back to punk rock and were like, you know what, we're gonna like make a change. And so they had like a very positive thing with uh, with wanting to just like change their local community. Um, and that's just like much more on an internal level. It's not something that's reflected in their music. But um, that's why Into the Unknown exists because they were just like, fuck it, we're just gonna become a synth band. Fuck all of you, <laughs> which is also incredibly punk rock, ironically. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, we're gonna hold off on Sons of Battle because we'll do that at the end of the show. That'll be like a, you know, dear chat gang. Which brings us to the Chaos Gods, I think. We, or, or do you have any other gods that I, I'm missing? Because there's like Malarian and stuff. Like I didn't really, I didn't really mess with. Yeah. Them. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, I can go through them in quick succession. I mean, for um, you want, for you want to, you, you want to vamp for time for me real quick. We we did Marathi. Did you not do? Yeah, we did Marathi. Um, I did uh, for my L'Oreal. Uh, I was looking at a couple of them, and one of my favorite bands in the entire world is, um, well, first of all, I was looking at uh, March of the Crabs by Propagandi. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Propagandi, and then also Omega Footprint by Strike Anywhere. Uh, Strike Anywhere is one of my favorite fucking bands in existence, and they have not made an album in like 11 years, which is heartbreaking. Um, 
Strike Anywhere isn't a band from Philadelphia. It's definitely a Philly PA one, uh, very anti-fascist, very, um, very you know, progressive leaning. Uh, some of their out, some of their music is the best. One of my first, um, my first tattoo was an anti-fascist circle because I was just like really into Strike Anywhere and I was really into that shit. So yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, cool. Hotspur knows it's good. Um, I I really really enjoyed that. Um, I for L'Oreal, yeah. For, so Omega Footprint really stood out to me primarily uh, because it is one that is very clearly, like I said before at the start of this show, uh, I, <laughs> I did go a little too on the nose with everything, um, and that is very much one about the planet and the of and about envi- the environment. Same with March of Crabs from Propagandi. Uh, really big fan of that. Um, they got thick though. Oh. <laughs> Um, for Tyrion, uh, I didn't know what to do because just like Teclas, he's just a slightly cooler version of Teclas. Um, they, the, the one that I really wanted to focus on was, um, uh, what is it? Oh, I can't even read my thing. Um, well, one of them was Back to the Motor League, again, another propaganda song, um, which is really much, mainly about, like, shitting on, uh, certain types of, like, uh, you know, sh- shitting on like um or not not, not I don't want to say org core, but uh, shitting on like shitty alternative rock. Um, then we uh, before we go into the chaos gods, I was looking at I'm not Deepkins. I was looking at um, ironically, this is uh, well actually I'm gonna save I'm not Deepkin for a moment because I uh, realized that that's one that might be a little bit more relevant for when Mr. Meff song because it's actually a song that he himself put on. Um, so I'll mention that in just a sec. Um, he's back on. I was I was about to tell them. Um, no, Deepkin wasn't Jawbreaker for me, but instead Deepkin was actually what Mr. Meff uh, mentioned earlier. For me, I put Black Me Out for INS Deepkin because they're like a little bit filled with contempt for the god that like went That's out fair. for cigarettes and never never came back. <laughs> That's um, right, Dad. Like, oh man, yeah. <laughs> Dad would pick get cigarettes and never came back. Exactly. Um, I was telling them um, for uh, Alario, I was looking at Omega, Fit, uh, Omega Footprint from Strike Anywhere, um, and then uh, Natural Disasters by Propagandi, um, and then Tyrion was back to the Motor League by Propagandi for me. Um, I got to say, before we go into Chaos Gods, I was looking at um, Mist, Mist Haven or Mist Haven for Cities of Sigmar, and just the fact that Cities of Sigmar themselves, I liked. Uh, I love Liv- Living in the City by the Circle Jerks. Uh, or, um, or by fear, by fear. Um, um, what the fuck am I talking about? By fear. Um, but um, Miss Haven, I was thinking of on, uh, artificial confidence by Direct Hit because they have an entire album that's basically uh, a drug trip, and and that is like a perfect song about like like the internal conversation you're having with yourself when you are like tripping balls. And uh, if I were to go very lightweight on that, um, I've been to LVO and and been way too high on edibles before, which is again <laughs> very much very much rudimentary and very much like beginners level there. But let me tell you, wargaming high, some people can do it. I absolutely can't, will not, cannot anymore. <laughs> too much. Um, oh. Tomb, Tomb King Tristan says mutiny by set uh, set your goal for. Oh, <laughs> do you know that? Do you know who they are? I'm no, I'm not familiar with this one. Oh, okay. So, uh, Tim King Tristan is, I think, one of my best friends now. Um, 
Set Your Goals is a posse uh, pop punk band. They're based in the Bay Area. They were based in Walnut Creek. Um, they're if you can get past the fact that they have two singers and they're very clearly like a slight evolution past like um, um, post hardcore slash like um, uh, I can't use my words right now uh, taking back Sunday kind of stuff. If you can get past like the dual singers and like the screamo esque vibes of them, uh, they can be kind of funny, but the the vocals are a little tough to get through for some people. Um, They actually have a fantastic cover of Do You Still Hate Me by Jawbreaker. They they have a fantastic cover of that song, but they are like, um, I was really into them when I was 20 years old. So, so into them. So <laughs> that's amazing. No, uh, modern baseball has a dual dual singer thing, and that's that's not too bad. But it's not like the the they have one that's the screamo singer and ones that like that is the regular singer. It's just mm-hmm. um, I, I do uh, music streams every now and then, which totally don't get vodded or anything like that because uh, uh, mm-hmm. it get a takedown notice. But um, we just like go through and people suggest songs and we listen to them. And modern baseball is one of those bands that you're just like. Like I can fuck with this, and I, like I'm only peripherally interested in them, but I've I've been listening to them more lately, and I really dig the almost like meandering quality of their music, which uh, um, uh, uh, which is just like something that like punk just does so well, where it's just like did it like it just it's just sometimes punk is just like I have this single story or narrative I need to get through, and then we're done, and like I kind of dig that about punk rock. Rap too. I also like rap for a similar reason. Oh hell yeah! I mean, that, that reminds me of the decline. It's just like an eighteen-minute no effects song. It's like the one song that I'll still accept of no effects. <laughs> my um, no, so my my no effects phase was very very brief. It was like one month in my sophomore year of high school, and then I was done with them. <laughs> just like one month, I burned a couple CDs uh, using Napster. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, and then it was it, like, I was like, and then I just moved on. <laughs> I'm going to use the restroom real quick. So, uh, I, I got this on, uh, do you want to talk about your first chaos God? Uh, I can, I can riff for a little bit on my first chaos God. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so, uh, I'm actually going to start with Zinch. Uh, Zinch was the one that came to me the easiest, uh, because, uh, it was as I was thinking about Zinch, music popped into my head. If I don't say Blood Brothers for for Zinch, so help me God. I was gonna say Cursive, specifically the Ugly Organ. There's a song, um, like uh, the Ugly Organ uh, album has this very despondent sort of like discordant sound to it all and there's a song called Harold Harold Weathervane in there where like it's just like it's just like it sounds like pure chaos and change and that's the only never heard of cursive um check out the ugly, ugly organ uh album from 2003 um domestica is one of their more popular albums uh like you're legit fucking with me. Okay, I don't know. I haven't listened to any new cursive lately. I don't know what the like the litmus test or the read is. Oh, we've geeked out about cursive. Yeah, I fucking love cursive. Um, one of my favorite bands. Uh, we've actually like you know, you know, a, like against me, um, 
the Menzingers, uh, uh, cursive, like stuff like that. We, we've we've like named a, a bunch of my like sort of like top ten or top five favorite punk bands uh, throughout this show, and that wasn't intentional for me. Uh, I was really trying to think about the band, um, but yeah, for Zinch, I do I did uh, I did cursive. They're a post hardcore band. Um, the Ugly Organ, that album, the whole despondence of it, where it's just, it's just so. Uh, I mean the. You know, Gentleman Caller has this, like, completely two different songs smashed together somehow, and it works. Like, um, it's just, it's, it's for me, it wasn't even about the, the, the lyrical content, which is a lot of where I went, like, lyrics or the humor of it. But for, for Zinch, it's the sound. The sound of the Ugly Organ, that album, is just so, it just, it sounds like how I think Zinch's magic looks and feels to experience. So... And like I said, Harold Weathervane is is a very Blood Brothers Dada is Gong Show Assault to your senses shit. <laughs> Change my 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 take for whatever I was going to use for Zinch and just say Blood Brothers because I actually think Blood Brothers is a good it's a good choice. Okay, right on. So so that was my my Zinch take. Corn. I struggled with Corn because for Corn I feel like you almost got to go into full on heavy metal. You know like you you got to like you like uh so so uh, so do you have a Corn take? Real quick my my prior Oh yeah, to, Zinch, um, Zinch, you got to do what prior to Blood yeah. Brothers. Yeah, yeah. Prior, prior to Blood Brothers um I was looking at White Rose by Direct Hit, um another one one of their old, uh, slightly older albums. Um, it's, you know, very much based around religion, but it's also about, like, how they're full of shit, and seems just full of shit the whole time. Um, so, for me, I was like, oh, white robes for sure. Um, Corn, you didn't have anything. You didn't have anything at all? I just, I was drawing a blank. Um, you know, like, I'm like, it, it'd have to be, like, a hardcore band. It'd have to be, and I just, I couldn't come up with anything. I, I'd use, like... Because I went the band route and not the song route, so like I used, uh, like I felt like Anti Flag fit, you know, Beast better, and yeah. So. Okay. Or yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, Black Flag, not Anti Flag. They're a different band. Go on. I see it. Um, you know, so I, I want to double check. Um, you you obviously listen to a lot of the same bands as me, but um, have you ever heard of the Loved Ones? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> um, the, the the loved ones are a band that's um, uh, another Philadelphia-based band. Um, they've got a guy named Dave Haas on there who's got a solo. Uh, he's got a lot of solo work um, that's a little bit more folky. But he was in a band prior to being in the loved ones, and um, his uh, the loved ones are a good kind of like um, um, uh, like a Fat Records band uh you know you think a lot about like uh, hot water music they'd play a lot with them i think they have a split too somewhere down the line with uh with hot water music but um the dave haas he was in a band called paint it black which again yet another philadelphia based east coast band and they are hardcore um they are like early 2000s hardcore but they're not like that like beat down hardcore which may or may not have been a geographical thing on my side of the world um which was something that like I had to walk away from for a while because it was way too toxic uh, for several different reasons. But um, it also doesn't really exist anymore in terms of a community. But um, 
the uh, the the Philly hardcore stuff was really great, and yeah, uh, the chat is loving it. Um, Tomb King Tristan Hospital, no, it's good. Um, the uh, uh, Paint It Black was the first band I thought of when I thought of Corn. Um, the the um, singer is a guy who is also another person with a PhD, um, and he himself uh, he was in a band called Kid Dynamite, and uh, Kid Dynamite is another very well-known it's like all these bands on the a lot of these bands in the east coast they're in like a small biome so they all are somehow connected so uh, maybe i'll make the the chat nerd out here a little bit but like um you know dave Poss was in paint it back paint it black um the lead singer was in uh kid dynamite kid dynamite um and uh basically broke up and unfortunately for the the singer of the band, it was like he was going through grad school and he was going through uh, this this uh, the situation of the band going away and all these other situations. And he had in his 20s or his uh, early 30s, he had a stroke. And a lot of uh, my favorite album for, for Paint It Black is one called CVS, which is cerebral vascular um, I, I am so sorry. I, I'm literally in the health field, so I like interviewed this guy for a term paper once. I can't That's even right. remember the name. I, I, I've had a had a couple of drinks tonight, but um, he the drinking um, the, during uh, my podcast. No, hmm. <laughs> um, there's an entire album of his response and his experience for literally having a stroke, and uh, especially one at such a young age. Um, so, uh, but Paint It Black has a lot of like constant like you're always on the edge of your seat kind of songs uh which is very much like kid dynamite but um you know it but instead of kid dynamite which is very much more like very traditional punk rock this is uh, a whole nother beast this is just like hardcore so for corn i thought of two separate uh painted black songs and then one bad religion song um for me uh one of them was uh uh which is also one that I think of a lot when I think of when I play 40k, um, which is "Burn the Hive" by Paint It Black. Um, it is a very good song. It is nothing but uh, aggression. It is just like nonstop fucking bop uh, for for again minute and a half, 90 seconds. Um, and then there's also a 30 second song because I'm biased uh, because of my lifestyle, and it's called "Cannibal." And um, um, "Cannibal" is just a song I really enjoy because it's like I can taste, I, I can like smell the death on your breath kind of thing. Um, and then. Uh, I also had recipe hate recipe for hate from Bad Religion um, because Corn likes to hate shit, so why not? Uh, plus, like th- th- they got the tools for it, so that was me. Hmm. Is it, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I was. I'm like, I need to make sure that this band makes it onto my YouTube uh, and or Spotify yeah. play- playlists. Um, Good. Yeah. So. Anytime people like uh, mentioned like great music, I'm just like, go on. Um, I'm actually shocked that um, at least even one person in your chat mentioned it. That is, yeah, no. Total. What, uh, what mm-hmm. about uh, what about Pure Hate by Cheap Girls? <laughs> okay, I can uh, see it. I can see yeah, it. Yeah, I was going through my sad bastard music playlist, which is where all my punks punk is, um, <laughs> and. Uh, like it, cheap girls has has like really like cool short songs like uh what is it her and cigarettes is one of my favorite tunes and it's like this little two minute ditty and i'm like there there are songs out there that like especially punk where like they feel too short but you know if they were longer you wouldn't love them as much so you just listen to them two or three times I, yeah <laughs> um 
Alkaline Trio has like a ton of those songs. Like fucking. Oh, uh, so many. Uh, I am only here to disappoint is one of them. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but like pure hate is way more about a relationship of hatred. I'm, I'm checking the lyrics again real quick. <laughs> uh, even if we tried to drive, I wouldn't know left from right or the guardrail from the center line. I'm bouncing back and forth like some kind of survival game. Like, yeah, nah. Okay. Yeah. Cheap Girls is good stuff. Um, like, it, it's it's very in the category of what I call sad bastard punk, though. Like, you're it's that, like, melodic, you know, short, kind of crisp. Uh, so, I get it. I get it for sure. Like, um, I call it breakup music, right? Yeah. 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 And I've been breathing pure hate into everything. I only want to stare you down, and I only want to stare you down. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on record. I just, I blanked on. I don't know why I blanked on corn. I'm gonna say cheap girls, uh, pure hate. That's my pick. <laughs> I'm gonna have to add that to my list. Yeah. What about Zinch? What did you put there? Uh, Zinch. Oh, yeah, Zinch, you already talked about it, right? Yeah, Zinch. I did cursive, but you, you didn't do your Zinch pick. So. Oh no! I did oh no! You, you, you did. Yeah. I, I did white robes by white, white, white uh, rose. Di- white, yeah, white rose di- direct hit and blood brothers. We chat gang has has entered blood. Uh, uh, Blood Brothers. Um, Slanesh I had fun with. So, uh... Uh... I'm, uh... So, Slanesh, I've got two. Um, I did Sleaterkinney. Um, came out in 1994. Uh, Dig Me Out on, uh, their 1997 album. Uh, it's just what I describe... It can only describe as soft chaos and self-affirmed. And, uh, it just... Like, Sleaterkinney is excessively awesome. There's not really a band about excessive drug use and excessive sex or any of that stuff. They're just excessively awesome, and you should go listen to them. Oh, yeah. They are um, They are very local to where I'm from. Well, like, maybe maybe an hour. No, an hour Washington. They, they were, Oregon and Washington are right near each other, though. Yeah, there was a Slater, Slater-Kinney road. Right in in Olympia, Washington. Yeah. yeah, and so it's either um, that or or nice things by the Menzingers. Um, ooh. Do you want nice things? Sure, you do. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and that music video is fantastic. I guess mm. I've never seen it. Oh, it's it's pretty great. It's uh, it's like a like a, a infomercial TV infomercial where they're like trying to sell you shit. It's it's pretty solid. Okay. Uh, for me, my Slanesh uh, ones, um, my first obvious one, I was just trying to think of, like, I was telling you before that I was, like, really hard. I was, like, I the first thing I thought of was, like, sex. And then I couldn't find, like, any, like, sex-oriented songs with punk rock. And you made a really good point where it's, like, well, yeah, like, most music, popular music is about sex and fucking and shit like that. So, like, of course, punk rock isn't going to be all about that. It's going to be about different things. Yeah. So... I, at first, I thought I'd slip it in, but then that was like, ah, oh, that's a little too much. It's like, um, a little too much about like, uh, really a guy who's just like not happy about, um, being being a little bit more paranoid. I wouldn't really call that necessarily slanesh, but uh, you know, I actually got to give it to one of my favorite fucking bops, which is uh, "Closer" by Tegan and Sarah, because it is all about just fucking. It, it, there's no, there's no, there's no pretense. There. There's no pretense. Yeah, it, yeah. There's. Yeah. It's about it's about getting on top of someone and just doing it like yeah yeah Yeah, right on right on um and then that that leaves us with nurgle and nurgle 
it's weird because I feel like I didn't lack for choices for Nurgle at all because Crosspunk is a genre and um, they live the lifestyle. I know Crust is... So, like, I, I almost wanted to say and take the lazy route and just say just the entire Crosspunk genre because it's, it's bassy, which to me just seems like, you know, like fatty and, and thick, you know, with those, like, thick riffs. Uh, super bassy and dirty as a genre, just in general. And, uh, uh, and, uh, just a little trivia coined as a genre in 1986, uh, by Hellbastard, which is sort of the progenitor band of that whole thing. Um, but cross, so I just wanted to say the cross punk genre, but then I thought about it a lot more. It was like, it's gotta be like Gigi Allen, who just is, can, I can only really describe Gigi Allen as like, sort of bipolar and like the performances of Gigi Allen just like uh and in that same vein thinking about Gigi Allen took me to mindless self-indulgence which I don't know if you'd consider them punk but they certainly don't give a fuck about authority or the status quo and uh Jimmy Urine is named Jimmy Urine and has thusly pissed on his audience and I just think that that's for me that just like for me that just really feels nurgly <laughs> But 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 mindless self indulgence could also be could also be Slanesh because bitches love him because he knows because they know that he likes to fuck throughout the projects. Okay. <laughs> uh, huh. Nurgle was a hard one for me, but um, I I had one where I was um I was thinking about uh, Sheena is a parasite by Strange House or the the horrors album Strange House. Um, there, to me, it just gave me that vibe hard. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, Tenacious, I Want to Do You Softly, LOL for Slanesh. <laughs> respect, respect. I love, to, I, I love Tenacious D. I, I really do. Like, I, when I was younger, I didn't get it. When I got older, I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I was, I was secretly offended by Jack Black, how talented he was, and how much he wasted it on being silly, until I realized that rock and roll is inherently silly. Like, it just is. <laughs> uh, Hotspur says, ooh, Nurgle is Circle of Dead Children. And Tristan Gray saying Steel Panther for a Slanesh, I assume. The problem I have with corn stuff is corn is like I feel like most of the songs that are gonna be most relevant to one specific chaos god are are gonna be metal, you know? Like that's that's where I struggle I, with corn. Yeah. I was telling you before, I was like I was just nothing it just all screamed like um uh Guar to me, you know, like the characters literally have names like Odorous Gungus and stuff like that, and like they have backgrounds like the Guar was banned from their galaxy because they ate too many chili cheese burritos and stunk up the place mm -hmm. and 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 made a mess of things. So it's like, oh, like <laughs> this is very nurgly. <laughs> like it's the humor side of Nurgle, but whatever. Yeah. It's like um or, yeah. Uh, yeah, Guar for Nurgle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's fair. That's fair. Well well Guar was a bunch of business majors that were essentially like we can make a rock their biz their project was essentially to make a rock band. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Like I mean that that's I mean it's not quite punk, but it is the inversion. <laughs> it is the subversion 
of the status quo and like the subversion of cu- culture because they understood culture enough to exploit it for success. And uh, what's is it Meat Sandwich where they're playing basketball with Jesus? And it's just one of the funniest music videos. Meat sandwich. Meat sandwich. And then they're just like dunking on Jesus and just like, oh, that's a really funny. That music video is fantastic. <laughs> you have to see, have to see um, both the Jerry Springer from the 90s, like early 90s when they were on, and the um, the Joan Rivers daytime TV show what they were on. Because um, on this Jerry Springer one, they're like there, but there's also a like um, white supremacist band person there. It's all about like edgy rock and roll. So they're like arguing with the white supremacist dude. And then in the Joan Rivers show, they're by themselves and they're fully in character. They're not like random people. Like they are aliens from another world and they are here because they killed the dinosaurs and they use their strings to make the first song on earth. And they like, are just like, they don't break character. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> amazing. Whoa. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, Hotspur's like, I thought Guar was cheating. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, it is kind of cheating. It is kind of cheating. I'm, I'm going to double down on mindless self-indulgence now that I've thought about it a little bit longer. Um, just because, uh, the, the, the manic and then into like the, just the, the crazy places that like sort of, uh, that can take you, um, I think is very like almost kind of a nurgly thing where, you know, when you're super depressed, you can almost go the other way in just tons of manic energy and craziness and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I realize now in my notes that I skipped over flesh eater courts though. And, uh, I'm. I for Flesh Eater Courts, I went straight up uh, Misfits, founded in 1977. Uh, they're considered the progenitors of horror punk for the most part, which is its own thing. Like you said, you have your spooky playlist, and uh, love them or hate them. Glenn Danzig is fucking delusional, and uh, it's just <laughs> like it just made sense for me, like. So, yeah. so I, I, uh, I overlooked them, uh, miss anybody else. Any, 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 uh, any deities, realms, anything like that you missed? Well, for my flesh eater courts, I gave him, uh, two of them. Uh, I'm going to give him a twofer because one of them is a little, literally an 11 second song. Um, this was a kid dynamite, uh, combo. Um, there was, uh, in the album, shorter, faster, loud, louder, which is, um, for context. Well, that's just rock. mean. Morrissey is fact. That's just mean. <laughs> Morrissey is fact. Hey, I don't know if you were no- noticing earlier, but I called Techless Morrissey because garbage. Garbage person, garbage faction, garbage god, garb- garbage album, garbage artist. <laughs> anyway. Um, Shorter, Faster, Louder is a, is a Kid Dynamite album, and it is 18 songs, and it is 24 minutes long for context. Um, the the first the oh the just the only thing I thought of when I thought of flesh eater courts because I recently played in a like let's call it I can't talk a lot about it right now because it it didn't work out for me but it was, let's call it a tryout kind of thing and um, I was uh, I was given like a very bad faction to play um, but it was everyone was given very bad factions to play and so I was given Sylvaneth versus flesh eater courts and um, and uh, someone I know that. Uh, play the flesh eater courts played them very rough and so the whole time i was like oh like i either need to go full ass into the terror guys or i need to just try my best to avoid them which i can't um so uh two for flinching is a 11 second uh uh song for uh, kid dynamite and i just thought of that 
Um, but then if I were to be more specific, two songs later, the last song of the album, uh, Given the Ripped One, is probably the most relevant one I could think of for Flesh Eater Chords. It's just nothing but chaos for a minute and 59 seconds. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, yeah. I've pretty much gone through my notes except for uh, uh, Sons of Behemoth. And uh, so if you've got any other... Uh, I, I know we probably missed some factions in here. And real quick, if you're listening to this VOD, um, you've got the comments down there on YouTube. Uh, add your own spin on any of the gods we've, we've talked about, any of the factions, anything we didn't cover. Uh, 100%, just just jump in on this conversation. This is It's a thought experiment. It's really in how you justify it. And that's the that's the beauty of something like this. No right answers. Uh, punk wouldn't, wouldn't let you have right answers anyway. Because that's not punk. <laughs> Apart from being excellent to each other, you know, and subverting, uh, you know, unjust systems. <laughs> Can't tell you how many times I've been around. I've been on the, across the table in like a tournament, and someone's rolled really well against me, and I've been like, "That's not very punk rock of you." And they're just like, "What? What?" what? Like, okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I definitely have a Sons of Behemoth one, so I'm very curious about what yours might be. Oh, my Sons of Behemoth was going to be a Dear Chat Gang. Please uh, submit yours. But you go ahead. You definitely have one. Go on. Oh, I was thinking of Hard Times by the Cro-Mags. Um, the, the Cro-Mags are an East Coast punk rock band, um, an old hardcore band from the 80s. They still exist. John Joseph, uh, who is their singer, he is very very interesting as a human being he does like walking tours of new york city and he's very active on social media and he's like a like an iron man athlete now despite his despite his age and he just has like the thickest accent like the thickest um like like brooklyn accent and and it's just a, he's a really funny guy to watch online um and and uh hard times is is a very good like when I hear the song, all I do is I think of giants like smashing shit. That's amazing. That's mine. That's a good endorsement. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I um because punk is an ethos and not just a cosmetic. Uh, like I I haven't vibed with Sons of Behemoth yet. I haven't felt their their essence to really give them a punk band. Uh, personally, which is uh, where I was going to leave it up to Chat Gang. Maybe you've got a good perspective on it. Uh, you've you've sensed their essence. You've sussed it out, so that you can go ahead and drop that in the comments or or whatever. But yeah, hell yeah, Chromags uh, says Chat Gang. Um, not not sure about. Well, I'm trying to think about additional ones you could use. You know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um. Uh, I mean, I, I think uh, that's, for the most part, I just uh, have a few bands I wanted to highlight that I had trouble working in, uh, just as punk. If we're talking about, like, a road, monk of enjo- uh, a road map of enjoying punk rock, um, there's just a couple bands you gotta, like, you gotta get in you. The, the two at the top of my list are actually just for this purposes, because I did, uh, uh, you covered Alkaline Trio, and then on a second thought I was able to work in a Menzinger song, but Alkaline Trio and the Menzingers are two of, like, just the absolute like greatest bands that you got to listen to um alkaline trio changed my life (laughs) like i don't i'm not in into like punk rock if it weren't for alkaline trio because i was very much like firmly in kind of more of the i was going that like we mentioned my golf my golf phase i was very much on the industrial side of the tracks um and i was at my buddy's house 
um, fell asleep on his couch. I think this was like my sophomore year or something like that. Um, and he had a screensaver that played the riff from radio. Do you know that? You you know the intro riff, yeah, and it yeah, just yeah. it just looped it and it looped it, and so I was sleeping, and that was just looping in my head over and over and over again. And I woke up and I'm like, "What is this song?" And he played radio for me, and then from there I was just like, "I need more," you know. And it was just it was I was in. Um, it uh, I remember San Francisco was my breakup song for fucking ever, every time, every girlfriend. It was San Francisco, and I was drinking you goodbye. A heart floats in the bay from Sour Home Chicago. Like, and he said Chicago, and I'm from the Midwest. Like, uh, Soren. So, oh, hang on. Hotspur is one hundred. Hotspur is one hundred percent correct. I was actually going to bring this up. Hot Water Music covers radio, and it is a really good cover. It is a fantastic cover of radio. <laughs> Hot Water Music covers. Of radio is amazing. I'll have to check it out. I haven't heard it. It's good. They have a split. They have um. They have a split uh, again. Also on Spotify. Um, I get that. My my breakup music was always Alkaline Trio, Men Singers. Ironically, both of those. Um, and then uh, a lot of Frank Turner, which was not brought up. Redemption and yes, Redemption and uh, uh, keep having dreams. Pirate mm-hmm. and. Bob Dylan. Yeah, I know what, what you're talking is, about. What um, the fuck is it? I'm keep f- my bones. Oh my god, it's yeah. so good. Um, God, it's in my Sad Bastard music playlist too. <laughs> you have an album like that too. <laughs> if I, if, if I just if I go to YouTube right now and I type in Frank Turner, it's going to pull up because it'll be the first one because it's my history. Yep. It'll be it'll be one of those like right there front and center. Yeah. Um, that's that's so funny to me. Um, yeah, I am no, disappeared. Like, um, Boom! Instantly, it's the it's right in my. I am disappeared. It's so cool. Um, he drops a Bob Dylan reference in it. Like it's uh, he's got the uh, the the. It's like, did you go to? It's like every early twenties experience i had of like being stuck in long-term relationships that i i couldn't get out of you know and for one reason or another uh you know kept breaking up but getting back together and just being in that like bad emotional spiral i am disappeared is like the song for that relationship um now you mentioned the menzingers uh deep sleep is just oh that fucking tune every time it comes on i get goosebumps he starts out with that like really like ah oh, like that that fucking intro and then he just screams like it sounds like he says fuck you or fuck this and then it just and then he like to deep sleep oh man yeah. that that tune is so 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 good yeah the men singers alkaline trio and this is where I got to mention gaslight anthem one of my absolute favorite bands hard to f- fit a gaslight anthem song into a age of sigmar podcast because a lot of their music is so like uh, the Americana of their music is is entrenched in why they are punk and vice versa. It's so you know like blue jeans and white t-shirts. Uh, basically, just a song about being a you know Jersey trash and hanging out and and having hope and shit. Like it's it's such a good tune. Um, after very Bruce Springsteen, and I, I'm for it. 
they're very very springsteen they're in that like kind of where where punk goes back towards the folk side of things um mm. that they're in that that category uh, they're so on the nose that i actually um a really good like if you just have like two hours to kill and you just want to like fuck around and maybe hobby and like have something out in the background maybe look at it for a sec um i want to say it's Pardon me. I want to say it's 2013. There is a London Bruce Springsteen concert that you can watch live, and it's them. It's only them and Gaslight Anthem. And uh, during Bruce's set, like the headliner, um, like half of Gaslight Anthem is just there playing with them, anyways. Yeah. So it's pretty sad. Yeah. Um, damn. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. So uh, I want. I had, go ahead. I was going to say, Hotspur mentioned, um, well, yeah, Chuck Reagan is amazing. I've never, oh, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to shut the fuck up. I realize I know exactly what Rumble Seed is. He just reminded me of what it was. I have him on my Spotify. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to, I'm going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So, um, and, uh, on the Radio Punk side of things, I, I got to apologize to Radio Punk fans. Uh, I brought up very briefly, um, followed by earlier, um, uh, I'm actually like, I don't believe in guilty pleasures. It, 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 you shouldn't feel guilty about like things that make you f- feel happy or bring joy to you. Like you know, in in the normal human sense, art and you know that sort of thing. Like, uh, um, you know, if you're like murdering people brings me happiness. Obviously, you need to seek help. <laughs> like, so that's not what I'm talking about here. Uh, but you shouldn't have like in terms of like music and things, guilty pleasures. Uh, you know that. That's not fair to yourself. You know, just enjoy it. Um, but like, Follow Boy for me would have totally been in the guilty pleasures category until Thanks for the Memories. That that song was just like so. It slaps so hard. I'm like, okay, I just officially have to like this band now because it's so, it's so good. It's like a little bit anthem rocky. It's totally pop rock. But but Follow Boy actually, if you listen to enough of them, it's almost like Stockholm syndrome. You will just start to enjoy them. <laughs> and that's a that's my hottest take I think tonight is is that I like Fallout Boy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that man. I mean I trust me, if you listen to that um uh if you listen to uh, uh, the the uh words are now escaping me constantly. Um if you listen to uh, set your goals and you listen to that the that a level of pop punk, you would totally understand it. It's it's fine. <laughs> yeah. No one's gonna hate you. Hate yeah, well, on you for listening to that. We'll see. Um, go, go ahead. Oh no, nothing. I was actually just going to respond to uh, Hotspur no, in the chat. No, see, I, I um, yeah, ska is getting outside of my is getting outside of my um, uh, comfort zone. Like, I don't really horn. I don't like horns a ton in in my music. Um, I just they, I find them abrasive. I make a couple exceptions. Like, I love Foxing, um, and he just rocks the sad. He rocks the sad trumpet a bunch. Um, and just like and it just. Hearing a sad trumpet in in like a it very firmly indie like you know indie alternative rock like very not not this is not they don't belong in the punk conversation they're a lot like um they're like weird Radiohead is like the only way I can really describe them so Radiohead. they're like weirder Radiohead like very like they tend to be like pretty complex and use a lot of like they they synth some they have some synth in there and and then they just randomly have like sad sad trumpet and then like guitars and shit <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna apologize to hosper i put uh ska socks by propagandi and linked it into the chat so 
Um, for the record, they are joking with that song, but also like Scott I'm not a big fan of Scott. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, Scott kind of sucks. Um, no, I'm not, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum. I don't want to, you know, if you're into ska, that's no, right on. But like horns and it just like I can listen to jazz and like you know like I can listen to some big band stuff, but it's just when you throw it in my rock and roll, I'm like get out. <laughs> like, uh, He's reciting lyrics with it. Yeah, um, yeah, and then um, and then brand new is another radio punk band, and that was one that ooh. that just absolutely won their politics, like their uh, you know, LGBTQ friendly, like tons of like great tunes, work with charity. Um, they're, you know, even something like Hero of War, where I feel they balance the desire to, uh, be you know to fight for your country and all that. But then that sort of despondence, uh, that you may or may not feel like as a veteran, like they're, they're so locked in with what I think is like the modern American, like problem. And there's still a really, I, I mean, in terms of like, we talk about like punk is about sort of like that taking that sort of like contemporary, society or music and turn and and questioning it and, and subverting it some they have a really good balance of being sympathetic whilst also subverting and so like rise against is great plus i've seen them live like three or four times now and they fucking rock <laughs> so i i can listen to most live music even even ska because i'm just entertained by live music but like rise against was a was was like next year and that once i heard rise against and really came around to them. I was able to go back and listen to stuff like Brand New, which I just completely dismissed. Um, I yeah, I lumped them in with like Good Charlotte and My Chemical Romance really? and Yellow Card and all those bands. That I just like, Neh. um, but they they all just kind of like that that screamo and emo era all meshed into one like um like amalgam of music that I just like. I'm like, this isn't real punk, you know. Like I had that like arrogance about it and. Like you can't be punk if you're played on the radio, you know the the G.G. Allen sort of uh, douchery in like infesting how you f think and feel about music. So, um, yeah. So so uh, brand new is one of those bands I came around to. Like we're talking like these last few years, I came I came back around to uh, the Jesus Christ, the Gauzer, um, Six at Gloria. Like they have a. Uh, you know, I believe you, but my Tommy gun don't like, they have a bunch of great tunes and I'm like, wow, why did I dismiss this band? So that's so, a, go ahead. I was going to say they are, they're like, so brand new is a really good band, but I'm curious. So you're in your perspective, you believe that they're, they're a little bit more meshed in, in like a punk genre. You're like, as opposed to like what emo, right? Like, yeah, as more, opposed to like emo, you got to keep. Or in do mind, you put emo as a part of punk? Can Can I ask you how I think emo's a offshoot of punk? Can I Can I ask you like how old you are without being weird? I'm 32. 32. So just a touch younger than me, and I hung out with older friends, so like I got that sort mm -hmm. of 80s. That's where I, I got in. Um, so like, I don't know if you remember uh, Periwinkle Weezer. Yeah. Um, Okay. Um, did you did you get to listen to it in its time, like when it was coming out in the garage, was played on the radio? Um, like uh, you know, you maybe get sweater song, but like in the garage was the one that played a lot in our area. And 
for me, that was that was emo. That was the only emo band I knew at the time was Weezer. And like, if you look at only Periwinkle, not fucking Beverly Hills, and where they become everything yeah. they, everything that they stood against uh, by having yeah. all the like the people who didn't get it start to listen to their music and think they're cl- like cl- that whole fiasco. But like it, Periwinkle, that's their only album, right? Like that that comes out, and. And in the garage, I'm a nerd. I play. F- he mentioned D12s and shit, like, oh, and night and, and Kitty Pride, like, oh, you know, like I'm so into this, like it's nerd rock. And so for me, like I'm like that was emo, but then it also sounded a lot like a lot of the punk I was listening to at the time, just without a ton of the like the viscera, essentially, that I was listening to for the punk at the time. But it's it, the three chords and pretty straightforward, and so. On the flip side, then you have, like, Offspring, and, like, these two bands belong on the same radio station in in that period of time for me. So as emo kind of emerged, I, like, when you listen to, like, All the Small Things by Blink-182, and then, like, just fucking any song played on the radio before or after it, it was just all lumped into that same category of radio punk is emo is yada, 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 because it was all the same stuff. Screamo was the only thing that was divergent, like Hawthorne Heights, which I do like one Hawthorne Heights song. Um, like, I probably don't dislike a bunch of them, but like, you know, they're too uh, on, I guess they're too on the nose. There's no humor there. What? What? They feel too too serious about, like, singing about cutting themselves and stuff and i'm like i'm so serious about that i'm just like i don't so the re- go, ahead. go ahead the reason why i mentioned that is just because like emo is a real interesting one for me because like i never i never really liked emo right like yeah, I, I it came out when i was very much in my like gatekeeper phase so by the time i got out of that i was same. just like okay well it's just not a part of my life same but um my my fiance she's really into emo brand new is actually one of her favorite bands it's like that and Jimmy Eat World, basically. And um, when we first I met, love Jimmy Eat World, by the way. Like his yeah. new his new tune is fucking fantastic. Like, it new to me, but you know the where he's dressed up like a goddamn Borg with like the fucking eighties hair in the music video. It's so good. It's got it's such a slow burn too. Like ooh, I love Jimmy Eat World. I love it. Do you know how Jimmy Eat World got 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 his name? Mm-mm. You don't know this? Oh, this is one of my favorite trivia bits. So, you know, welcome to Rantcast as a tangent. Um, his his little brother, um, who I believe is on the spectrum, drew a picture, and it's got like, and he said, and he named the picture Jimmy Eat World, because it, and so he he like named his band Jimmy Eat World. It's fantastic, fantastic story. How can't you love it? Uh, but we used to go to we used to go down. Um down the street, you know, again pre pre pandemic, uh, go down the street maybe about four years ago, like right when we started dating and um, we went to like emo night in Portland and uh, it was like a very specific thing. And it was a lot of fun. And I never really listened to that much emo. I usually like had a few guilty pleasures that were emo songs, but never really had like a lot that would actually explicitly say like, Oh, I listen to this regularly. And so I didn't really listen to any brand new until I, I uh, got with my fiance. And then like, we've been to, I think two, brand new concerts now and uh they are great lives same with jimmy world they're they're fantastic uh mm. can't say anything better about them they're great yeah yeah like yeah so emo, i guess i view i really very much view emo as like the next progression of punk to radio punk to emo and that's really how it is for me 
Uh, that's why I lump them in with punk for the most part. They're just like that other kind of radio punk to me. Um, and uh, that was the the gatekeeper phase. You know, like you you mentioned it. I had it too. This isn't real punk. It's played on the radio. You can't have real punk on the radio. I'll make an exception for Offspring because I liked them when I was younger. But now that I'm older and I'm cool and I have opinions about, you know, uh, you know about how the Clash has country western roots and I know shit like this now. Like. Ugh. I bet you, I bet you can't even name a band member of your favorite band. You know that kind of fucking shit attitude. I've. Oh my god. <laughs> my, my fiance used to be a bartender, and she had this. Um, she has this tight shirt that's um, it's like a Ramon shirt, but it's Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm. And she got confronted by like a, a patron who was like, "Name one of her albums," and she's like, "The Spanish ones or the English speaking ones." And she's just like, and then the guy just like, shut the fuck up. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, like because I can name drop Patty Smith. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of punk rock and roll. Um, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. It's, so I, I wanted to do a little sidebar on on radio punk. I still don't like Blink Blink One Eighty Two. I can't. I just can't get into it. I don't know. I know everyone hates me. I know. Matt Skiba was with them for like. I know. Two I years. just. I just. It doesn't. Every time I I can't undo Tom DeLonge's voice, it just grates on my nerves. Where are you? No. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All the small things. Fuck <laughs> off. Shut up. Shut up. Hey, stop hey, talking. He got the he got the government for UFO? UFO. Yeah, he got the yeah he did. He totally, but he totally co-opted a bunch of funding that was going to not famous people who have been doing really really hard work in ufology. God, shit. People know I have opinions on this shit now. Um, <laughs> like he um he got he he took a lot of funding from like ufologists who have who have been in trying to get that funding for fuck yeah. ever just because he's some famous yeah. dill hole. Fuck Tom DeLong, <laughs> and in the long run, he's gonna set back. He's gonna set back the exploration of the great beyond and the stars. God damn him! <laughs> the other dude's the, the other dude's dope though. Uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, 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 cool. And then you know, red, red, um, red jumpsuit apparatus, yeah. right? Like he he did red jump uh, uh, red jumpsuit apparatus. Mm-hmm. No, no. What the that fuck? Was... Red jumpsuit, okay, so Red Jumpsuit Apparatus has a weird relationship to punk rock in a very strange way. They plus, got, plus they, 44. They, it's plus 44. Plus 44. Yes. Sorry, Red Jumpsuit was, Apparatus, got, they threw themselves off of Warp Tour, um, I think in like 20, 2009, because uh, they, they're like a Christian band. They're like, they're like a very religious band. They're a little strict, a little... They, they give themselves rules and fat mike got the singer drunk and then they got so upset that the whole band dropped out of warp tour wait are, were they like were they straight edge like legit straight edge like hardcore christian or no not quite i think they were hardcore christian but they weren't, weren't straight, straight edge, edge but they okay. were like so, no so they they, co- they couldn't quite turn water into smug sense of superiority like they weren't okay all right just checking <laughs> god damn <laughs> oh, shout out yeah, to the onion. Char- <laughs> yeah, Aquabats wasn't Aquabats. Funny thing he says about Aquabats. So, um, oh no, never mind. I'm thinking of the Phenomenons. I have a story about the Phenomenons. I don't have one about the Aquabats. Yeah, hmm. yeah. No, no. Travis Barker's cool. Like he's he's cool. Like he's fine. And uh, I I mean Adam's song is good. And I actually like I miss you. 
even though it's where are you and I'm so sorry and then Tom DeLong comes in and like ruins it and I'm just like dude fucking shut up just let Barker sing like <laughs> fucking god damn it <laughs> yeah just like let it let it go I will say they have some good old songs that are really good breakup songs but that's just my opinion <laughs> I'm sorry I like I, I I'm gonna get like hate mail now like I'm just gonna all the tweet like you don't like blink 182 and you call yourself a punk fan I'm like uh, Gatekeeper phase, they weren't punk to me. They they had songs on the radio, and they had multiple songs on the radio. It wasn't just like that one that one song that the cool DJ slipped on the radio, which was in Lacrosse, Wisconsin. was a was a it was a great great uh, now defunct, but it was the buzz. I think it was like one or two one or something like that. Uh, they were one of those like great like like it wasn't quite a college station. It was the main station, but only college kids worked there, so they'd slip in like the great tunes. Oh, uh, that's where you get to hear all of the like all of you wouldn't just hear lump by by uh, the presidents, uh, presidents of the United States of America, you know, uh, lump or peaches. You'd hear like little dune buggy and shit like they play all the weird like off the album, like they play all the non singles and stuff. See little dune buggy in my hand. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, so that that wow. station was really awesome, and it really it really helped form my my. Uh, my sort of eclectic taste in music because i mean when you're young you're really insular in 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 music you're just like i only like this genre you know and you have like your guilty pleasures but you can't admit that you like them because you're in a clique at least for me i was in a clique kind of defined by our our shared t- interests in music so i couldn't admit that i liked uh fucking blink 180 or not blink 182 uh third eye, third eye blind could not say that out loud that i like third eye blind um even though God of Wine is fucking awesome, go listen to that tune. It's fantastic. Uh, it's just it, it's have a glass of wine, be depressed, and listen to that song and tell me it's not the exact song you need in that moment. It's amazing. It's, it's not quite a breakup song. It's just like shit's falling apart. It's amazing. Um, I, mean, I, I fucking love Whitney Houston, and I let everyone right. fucking know that I love Whitney Houston. And right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, I, and and so like I had this this period in time growing up where I could have went. Like, uh, I was very much, uh, when you're young, you're, you know, sub 10, you kind of listen to, uh, peers and family. And so it was like boys to men, rap, hip hop of the, like the early nineties. And on the other side, emerging grunge. Right. And then I, I went to middle school and then I had to choose. And so I, I got to come back around to like all the stuff that I was like really beginning to enjoy about, about college or listening to something like Led Zeppelin or, um, Pink Floyd, I think, gives you a lot of different shit to go listen to that like influences them, and eventually you land on the Rolling Stones, and you find you, and then you're like, oh wait, they just stole their sound, and then you go and listen to the stuff they stole their sound from, and then you're, and then you come all the way back around, and so, you know, I've I, super eclectic stuff, but punk was like I said, um, if you count the sort of like a broader spectrum of what is punk, subverting, yada yada, punk was like that. That was my fulcrum. I mean, that was my balancing point. Um, got heavily into the Smashing Pumpkins, like uh, that opened a ton of shit. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're okay. they're quote unquote alternative rock, but alternative rock as a genre doesn't really exist. If you look at stuff that no. that's considered alternative rock right now, it's like it's like it's weird, like supermarket rock and roll. It's just it's just bad. It's all bad. But alt rock in the early '90s was just like we have no idea how to categorize this. It's alternative rock. Um, you would hear uh, Smashing Pumpkins, and then the next minute you would hear six six bands that sounded like Pearl Jam in a row. 
Yeah. Um, and, well, then, and then you would hear something different, like yeah, Offspring. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing is the stuff that resonated with me was like it sounded different. You know, like I, I liked Pearl Jam. I, I was Pearl Jam over Nirvana. I love Soundgarden. I uh, still love Chris Cornell. He's one of my personal uh, rip dude. Uh, you know, Chris Cornell is just so fucking he had no business being that soulful in rock and roll you know just like fucking but then it's angry and fell on black days that fucking tune comes in and just fucking gravelly and i'm like yeah you're right i did fall on black days chris cordell tell me about it um you know but like that that was that that like sort of stepping off point and it it cannot go understated that the smashing pumpkins were my favorite band all through high school but even they had a uh fuck it god damn you billy corgan what happened to you you got all weird, right. and then happy. And yeah, then you, it's super weird. And, and and then happy, and then you went like weird Christian fundamentalist, and I'm like, ah, come on, man, I like you. He? He's it. I don't know, like full fundamentalist, but he's like, he's like a weird god boy now, and like nothing against like anyone's belief. No, I'm not disparaging anyone's beliefs, but like he used to. That is not who he was when I was growing up. Like I was angry and questioning my faith and questioning reality. And, you know, and that that's what I needed to hear from Billy Corgan. I needed to hear the world is a vampire. <laughs> Not that you're happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're asking for our opinions on Green Day, and I feel like we have you to don't, have that conversation. Do we have to? Well, this is where we, I'm going to make friends or lose friends. Uh, fuck Green Day. <laughs> fuck Green Day and fuck <laughs> Billy Joe Armstrong. He's a piece of shit. He didn't invent rock opera. Neither did Alice Cooper, but he at least did it fucking first. It was the goddamn who. You're wrong and you're obnoxious. Yes, I get it. Protest music and all that stuff. Cool. Rage did that better too. I hate you so much, Billy Joe. You're a goddamn sellout and you suck. <laughs> Uh, 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 you know, Basket Case was pretty cool for a song on the radio, though. Basket Case was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a little slightly biased because they're in North Bay people, and I'm and I'm basically from Oakland. So, um, but yeah, no, I rock opera a little cheesy. I was never. I was already in my gatekeeper phase by the time the opera came out. So I was like, "Fuck this! This is stupid." Yeah. But um, Dookie's got a special place in my heart. It's um. Fine, and the the EP before that was fine. Um, I can't wake me up before September or when September. I can't, I can't, I can't, man. I can't deal with that song. I know it's it's super. It's like about your loss and your family, and it's a super tearful moment for you. But like, I can't. Mm-hmm. And the internet made it worse with the stupid memes, and I'm just like, I can never enjoy this song. Yeah, no, there there were some memes on it for sure. And then I walked alone, like no, you don't. You have millions of dollars. You don't walk a lonely road. There are tons of sycophants in your circle. And I know that if this is supposed to be a take about how like all the money in the world will never make you happy and being surrounded by people won't make you happy, uh, my heart weeps for you, douchebag, because there's people out there who have no money and they feel way worse than you. So go fuck yourself. Do what everyone else does. Get all the drugs and like buy a, buy a skidoo. Have you ever seen someone upset on a fucking skidoo when they're just like... Like, just think, imagine a person on a water, like, ski, just, like, and they're just, like, frowning the whole time, just, like, no, it doesn't happen. They're happy. <laughs> that was a whole ass thing. <laughs> well, do you like, do you like pinhead gunpowder? Because that's, uh, 
That's a Billy Joe Armstrong side project. I haven't listened to him. I probably heard oh. the words Billy Joe Armstrong side project. I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, or I saw him on the screen when YouTube randomed into it, and I'm like, no. Fair enough. Fair and enough. I, 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 I got to, I got to put it. I got to, I got to, I got to step outside of the caricature that is Mephisto, and I'm on a good rant uh, and a decent buzz. Uh, I, you, you love Green Day. Power to you if you love Billy Joel Armstrong. I I really don't judge people for their interests, what they like, what they they dislike. Um, you know, I don't I don't hold people's you know, provided you aren't a re- racist, sexist, you know, phobist, all the bad things. Uh, like like what you want, love what you love. Like I don't, you know, um, I don't really judge that shit anymore. The gatekeeper face, but it is fun to like make jokes about a ski do and rich people for sure <laughs> for sure it's always fun to do that like I, I make i make fun of emo a lot that was like t- me also definitely that, listening to emo sometimes that was a daniel tosh song is or a daniel tosh joke as i recall this the uh the jet ski joke that's that's a his joke so not that i watch him a bunch uh, not that i watch him in particular but i stumble upon it because i do like stand up um i assume that billy joel Joel instead of Billy Joe. Yeah, I keep saying Joel, don't I? Uh, accidentally adding an L. I assume that Billy Joel Armstrong is a band name somewhere. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it too. There needs to be more unique band names that are just like um, that are just like out of left field. Like there, are, there aren't really a lot anymore I, that are that are too crazy. Well, I wanted to have a band named Serial Number once upon a time. Because I'm like, okay. oh, eventually we'll run out of cool band names, so we'll just like have serial numbers. So I'm like, oh, serial numbers. That would be a sweet band, band name. Why don't people have uh, Warhammer based names, right? Besides Bolt Thrower, I can't think of a single fucking one. Oh, I know of a metal. They're all metal bands. There's one other band I know of, but it's a metal band, so it doesn't count. Mm. There's, one called, if, there's one called War Troll that's a, a, like a Bay Area metal band. Okay, so, so I guess. Um... I mean, here's the really important question, the hot question. Now that I'm done uh, getting half my uh, people to unsub sub to me. Subscribers are gone. Yeah, yeah, they're gone. I just made fun of Green Day and Blink-182. <laughs> and, uh, and I panned Billy Corgan for his religious beliefs, which I don't feel proud of right now. Um, but <laughs> so it just like alienated everybody. Um, but here's the, here's the question. So if you had a Age of Sigmar-themed rock band, what would it be named? And you can't say Nagash because that's already like a Hollandish, uh, like metal band. It's like a death metal band or something. Um, oh, you know what? I gotta look up the name of something because I already know what it is. And it's mm-hmm. something from more recent fluff, mm-hmm. but I gotta double check. Um, okay, this is. Oh, Kernigat with a good what? a good pull. I like his. What's theirs? Codex Rockstartus. Codex Rockstartus. That's that's pretty tight. Nice. That's pretty nice. Tight. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I like that one. Um, what is the name? Oh, it's hold on. I think I have it. Um, Doom Diver. Ooh, good one, Hotspur. <laughs> um. Gates of Azir is a band name. Right on. Gates of Azir is a band name? Right on. Wow. Nice. 
Um, there's a Moth Choir, uh, which it really just sounds like a black metal band, but it's the that's the Great Cauldron for um, for Marathi, like all cauldrons for um, for anything you see a cauldron on for Daughters of Cain. They're actually like connected to like the main cauldron that's like Marathi's. Um, and I was thinking of that, but the moment it came out of my mouth, I was like, "Oh, that's a that's a that's just a metal band. That's a black metal band." Like, straight <laughs> up, like they're, they're gonna throw Molotov cocktails like at a church in like their sixty days of winter because they're bored and they're all like edgy and they're it's, in Scandinavia. I mean, it's like, it's a lot easier to come up with metal bands, I think, than than punk bands. Um, I, I do like Mother Cauldron though. I think that's pretty rad. I think you, I, I think you, I think you could rock that. I think you could rock. I mean, if you can have a band called Iron Cheek, you can have a band with a much more creative name. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I would, I'm, I'd go simple, but I'd go like Gobblepalooza. I think that's a great, like, it's just wait, it's just waiting to be a band name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I see it, I see it. I like, um, and depending on what direction you go into, if you go to like comedic, like nerdcore shit, then you can, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Like, you can choose basically any name copy paste from yeah from aos yeah yeah hmm yeah Warwagon. that's another good one that's another one i like that one a lot Warwagon. everwinter Ooh, everwinter also a metal band name though (laughs) these are all these are all metal names like i guess if you were to think like we were talking earlier about um a sub a sub genre that i am not a big fan of at all which is like rockabilly stuff specifically psychabilly um, anything that I can think of, I think is going to accidentally become, going to become like a psychobilly band. So all of a sudden, like every fucking tiger army fan is going to come out of the woodwork and like, want to get their stand up base and like, like have a pompadour that's like three miles tall and, and like dress in all black and like wear skulls. Ouch. Is, like, already Ouch. I feel a little personally attacked. I get personally attacked myself because I wear <laughs> like skull. My, my pomp skull is like or... not out right now, but. You know, <laughs> like it could Ooh. be. <laughs> good point, Miss Taven, Miss Taven, or Miss Taven. <laughs> like, good one. Um, convert Gobblepalooza so they are all playing instruments. There you go. Coffin Cadillacs, nice. I could barely. Miss Taven could be a band name, but also. Well, do you know? All the... up in the Marathi book. I haven't gotten to it yet. I've only listened to the dog two plus tough stuff. Black Coach is just metal. Night Haunt would Black be Coach Night is. Haunt is a fucking great band name. Like Night Haunt, a little bit too much like Nightwish probably, so I wouldn't do it. But Night Haunt's pretty sick. Um, so, so uh, real quick, Miss Haven in in the book, they they have their own rules in their city of Sigmar, but instead of having uh, you know like a uh, book based campaign book based rules. They have relics, spells, and um, and like command traits, and they still have the same thing. But they're like a scum and villainy uh, city of Sigmar. Like there are a lot of like um, uh, the dark elf keyword units, mm-hmm. like primarily make up that that army. And they have like uh, a lot of Duradin too, and they have a, a Stormkeep next next to them. They're like a, a realm of, or that. So so they have in their rules. Uh, a whole set of things based on not just spells and relics and command traits, but they also have narcotics. So your hero, one of your heroes can have a narcotic 
and it's a once per game ability that either lasts the phase or the start of the next. Yeah, so phase. they have like a stim pack, and they just like they just jam it into their chest like the Rock with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> They describe them basically like it's like any drug you can think of, but like times ten. They have one where it's like, oh, you get so high that you're literally flying, but it doesn't count if you're on a mountain, or like you go into a frenzy, or something like that. Like you snort this one, or you rub this one on your arm, or you smoke this one, and it's like, oh shit, okay, y'all are ready to party. This is probably the winner of our band discussion name. Uh, Scragrock would have been good, but Scrappa Spill is the best. That is fantastic. That's a noise band. That's a noise band that plays in garages. <laughs> I think Scrap a Spill is like when you're like you're like fourteen and you're gonna make a band name and you're like you're like peripherally on the hardcore scene, but you suck, you know, more than the average one. And uh you write it it with a black, you know, paintbrush like that you would paint a house with on the drum kit. And uh, and then uh, yeah, now you're like we are oh, scrap a spill. Like... <laughs> no, get out of here with that. Skagrot, yes, yes, <laughs> amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, that reminds me, um, I wasn't able to fit it in. Obviously, with any of the factions, but um, for for at least a few of those people in the chat gang who clearly know those like Philadelphia punk rock roots. Um, there's also uh, None More Black, which uh, one of the singer from Kid Dynamite went to after after they all broke up. And uh, and just the name of the album seems like it would be something that could fit into Age of Sigma, which is uh, You Suck But Your Peanut Butter Is Okay, is a song that I thoroughly enjoy myself. So Catchy. I check like that it. one out. Yeah, I'll check it out. Yeah, check <laughs> it out. So um, we are, of course, going to uh, – I'll have you uh, kind of uh, mail me your list and I'll – combine it with mine and we'll make a playlist on both Spotify and if I can find the videos on YouTube that way people can go through and enjoy this this journey uh this journey through punk punk hammer uh maybe listen to it while you're painting hit that hit that flow state um come back at us with some of your favorite tracks uh, I know a lot of people listening or hanging out in chat gang right now are basically huge punk fans that's why you're catching it live but you know we do have an audience that listens to this uh, after the fact, so <laughs> the Menzingers were I honestly had no idea. The Menzingers were in separate ska bands before they formed. I don't understand the ska band. The only thing I can think is that you are forced to be in jazz band or band in like middle school, high school, and then like you just you go into a garage and then you form like you want to play rock and roll, but you don't know how to play like like guitar and shit yet. So you just like throw on the horns and then and, like while well, your cousin knows guitar and then like you want to be in the band, but you're like you're lame and you play a saxophone. Uh, I played the saxophone, by the way, in band. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I started in jazz yeah, I mean, band and went ska and then punk. Yeah, I think it's a progression and, and it feels bad to like make fun of ska because like I just I see the progression. Um there was a, a local band called like Sons of Braille or something like that. They were a ska band. They were they actually weren't too bad. Um, that was in in Winona, the Wino punk scene. I played several. What was that? Have you ever heard of Bastards of Youth? They sound very familiar. Okay. 
Sounds it's, like it's. I feel like it, the moment you said you said um, what you just mentioned, I thought of Sons of Behemoth, and I was like, oh, that would that would be a good punk album, and then that was the first thing I thought of. Um, okay. Clash went to Jamaica to learn Scott. Mm. Yeah, and even the Rock the Casbah, like uh, like the the drum beat was just him kind of playing around with with uh, uh, with some indigenous sounds and stuff like that. And and then the main songwriter comes in and is like, we need to use that in a song. And that, eventually they stumbled upon Rock the Casbah. They added their standard political uh, sort of takedowns of uh, at that time, you know budding obsession with middle east oil and boom now you have rock the casbah right so five iron frenzy uh is fun but you gotta like ska is that why london calling was the same thing because i'll have to look that one up i'm not i'm not super unfamiliar with british punk so um i kind of like made an effort not to listen not not to learn too much about it that was my thing but Really? Um, See, I, I'm a big fan of, 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 of that, of the Brit stuff. I, I sensed when you hated the Sex Pistols that, like, <laughs> um, very explicit other reasons, but that, it's more post-mortem. Yeah, uh, so, uh, Joe Strummer had been toying with the phrase, Rock the Casbah, prying to hear, hearing Topper Heaton's musical track that would form the basis of the song, and so, uh, Topper Heaton was basically playing with the the um uh the the riff or the uh the percussion that became kind of known and then the phrase had originated during a jam session with strummer's violinist friend uh, time and dog dog began playing eastern scales with his violin strummer sh- started shouting out rock the casbah not hearing strummer properly uh, uh dog thought that strummer had been shouting stop you codger boom yeah yeah yeah, listen to all the songs on London Calling, Revolution Rock. No, it's uh, London Calling, it, fucking fantastic. Um, the Clash is good, like they're legit good, and and they were called the Clash because really at that time, and you know, Sex Pistols were in the periphery. Um, no one had just come around. They just like we are the Clash because we were just like smashing into society, and you know that's yep. So it was one of those. Um, it was one of those things where it, like the Clash and the Ramones, they were definitely like initial trailblazers i feel for the united states because they'd start just going on tour throughout the united states and get that going um even like bad religion like the very first thing that got like some of the main people of that band into punk rock is they went to a fucking ramones concert in like 1980 and you know teenage greg graffin and Brad guritz they were just like you ready for a non-stop bop and like got stoked and played uh or you know had fun at a concert and we're like we're gonna start a fucking punk band you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. i love you know, me some good. anti-fascism me too me too <sighs> yes yes i i am in a part of the world where that is conflicting with other things which sucks ass yeah but i, um, I think we're we're all coming to the harsh realization that um the world is not even even the like existing sort of like uh in like inequality of our system that you know we've been raging against forever um even you know the gen x sort of despondence the uh the punk initial punk movements uh, the, the ethos of like fuck this system um 
that like it's worse than we even thought <laughs> which i think is kind of the problem um like the status is not quo <laughs> uh the world's a mess and i must rule it uh to quote right now when i was 18 i didn't think um i didn't think that getting an anti-fascist circle on my on my body as a tattoo would somehow point me out to people you know mm-hmm. and now i'm like oh Oh shit! Like I low key like at a tournament, like I would make it a point to wear a sleeveless shirt so that I did show it to people who I knew would show up. But <laughs> that's a whole other story. Like that's it's just like one thing that's like when I was 18, I never would have thought that like that would be something that'd be a controversial subject. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Um, weird when the powers that be make something that shouldn't be controversial controversial just to divide the populace. Um, that's why you need punk music. So you got any last soapbox moments? Anything you want to shout out? Anything? Any any rant you want to get off your chest before we close out here? Well, one of my rants is I couldn't figure out anything for Fire Slayers. I tried my best, could not fucking think of a single thing. I just don't think that they're, they're very punk rock. I think that they're like um, Mongolian throat metal. I think that they're probably that at best. Mm. Um, that plus like maybe something Scottish and 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 beer based. But um, what about yeah, like I'm actually. What about We Were Promised yeah. Jetpacks? They're like kind of a, a Scottish, like, uh, post-punk. You know, I wasn't too familiar with them. You brought them up a little earlier, and I need to listen to them. I'm not. I'm just. Not they're familiar. they're totally not the Fire Slayers. I just thought of Scottish, like, punk bands. And uh, We Were Promised Jetpacks, and uh, uh, I guess Frightened Rabbit maybe isn't considered punk, but both great bands that everyone should go listen to. So it was a good segue to get me to plug two more bands I forgot to plug. <laughs> I try my best to plug as many bands that I, I really enjoy, um, whether they be common or not. Um, yeah, I, I think for the most part, that was the only one that I had a real trouble with. And OBR, but we talked about that earlier, just putting a gash into OBR. Well, like, OBR are... are uh, I mean, they're really all music, you know? Like, every band could be OBR because they're they are all of us. It's, you know, deep, man. <laughs> like they're they're perfect and what is the perfect song i mean that's like a philosophical question it's it's the perfect faction and i mean this it's a real like sisyphean task to figure out what the perfect song is and once you figure that out you will have the perfect song for Ossiark bone reapers because you will have discovered the perfect punk song <laughs> that's great that's yeah. great Yes, um, so no. so OBR are Tenacious D, the greatest song in the world. Or Sorry, it's called Tribute. The song is called Tribute. Remember, because this is not the greatest song in the world. This is just the tribute. No, no, no. no see, that song is silly. Uh, OBR are not silly. They are perfect. <laughs> but that would just be too, again, way too on the nose if I get back, or I get knocked down and I get up again. Um... <laughs> but also, like, Catacross himself is so not, like, a, that type of character. He's, like, the ultimate, like, DBZ villain. Um, Which is awesome. <laughs> I got defeated by Archeon, but I learned his form. So now I'll know how to fight him. And I'm like, okay. Well, okay yeah, this isn't even my final form. Look at all these other bodies I have. Um, exactly. Pretty fantastic. And then if, uh, once more, uh, uh, if people want to get a hold of you, hear some of your takes on punk rock and or Age of Sigmar, uh, and I guess that 40K thing, whatever, uh, where can they where can they hit you up? 
<laughs> All caps spooky on Twitter. Uh, in your face media on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Podbean, etc. So yeah. uh, my my boys and I we we do a lot of different content. I don't think they are as punk rock centric as myself, but they have a lot of different. Uh, viewpoints so they're all uh, real fun guys um and definitely check us out yeah. and uh yeah yeah and john's gonna be do- he's doing his like hot pepper interviews things uh is he televising those is he putting them up on youtube televising those. yeah he's putting them up yeah yeah he's uh he's live streaming them uh they are he's got quite a few people on there the problem is he he grows his own peppers and it's a definitely a side hobby of his. He he before he got into Warhammer, he was very much into like ter- I didn't know that this is a thing that existed, but he was super into like terrariums. There's like a whole culture on people who like build terrariums. Dude, my, like my, my, boys, my my boy my boy Sajil here, uh, he he's he's a, he, a frequent of Chat Gang. Um he is one of Chat Gang. Uh he he had a like a terrarium stream a little bit ago. Like where he just like Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a legit thing. Go on. Sorry. No, no, no worries. So, like, he is, like, really into gardening now because he just learned so much through the terrarium building. And, uh, like, maybe two or three times throughout the summer, spring and uh, summer, he'll just, like, send me packages of these hot-ass peppers. But I've never been on the uh, the, the hot, like, the, the firehead challenge that he does. But his interviews are really great, like you, uh, you just mentioned. He tries to get, like, community figures, but the only problem is it only lasts so long. So it truly does have to be, like, as we move forward, it does actually have to be something that is seasoned um, because of the fact that in the wintertime, he can't grow peppers. <laughs> so yeah, he tried fitting a bunch of people in. I think he was able to fit, like, 10 or 12 people in in um, in a few months, which is a lot, I yeah. think. But yeah, Garrett asked yeah. me if I'd be interested, and uh, and you can reiterate if if uh, if he he didn't tell John that I am totally down. Um, there is no way his peppers are spicier than those goddamn peanuts I ate for charity. <laughs> what, what kind of chilies? Uh, no, the, I did the uh, the Death Nut Challenge, which has a thirteen million Scoville heat unit heat unit peanut. What? It's, the video is on YouTube. Um, I, I can I can toss you a link if you haven't seen this yet. Um, Definitely toss me a link. Yeah, yeah. This is, when I did the when I did the rantathon, uh, one of the incentives was that I, I do the spicy peanut challenge, and uh, the first one caught me off guard because like I inhaled as I was you know so it like it got into my like throat and lungs. The second one was fine. The third one was like you know the fourth and the fifth one wrecked me. Uh, just I was a mess. So <laughs> the video is crazy. Yeah, I don't think it. It might okay. So if you can handle that, you'll be fine. Right? I don't think I'll be uh, fine so... because like spice is sort of relative at a, after a certain point. Like at one point, it's just how long are you in pain for? <laughs> um, I I know for a fact that John has this on Facebook. I'm not certain if he's got it on. He definitely doesn't have it on Twitter. I would not have approved of that. But he um. He did a Carolina Reaper challenge, not this past October, because obviously no one did anything. But see, but he, he had his kids, right? And then they had the that was with the tomatoes. Go on, I, I think I, I think no, I know what you're t- no, no, okay. All right. the, he he had Carolina Reapers, and in the winter time, he was giving them to other people, and some people like mixed them into stuff. But he went to SoCal Open, which is a which is a tournament event, which got has like 40k, and um, I think there's like a Horus Heresy narrative event, and a few other like Warmer Underworlds, and then there's an Age of Sigmar event. And um, and I was there, and he's got a video where he 
he went around the entire tournament for the entire weekend, found people that he really wanted to interview, and also, and this is like a pre-firehead thing that he was putting on. So this is very much like the progenitor of what he ended up doing with these interviews. And uh, at some point, we're all out to dinner. He uh, he taps me on the shoulder. He goes, "Alex, I have a Carolina Reaper in my pocket. You okay for doing a quick video?" And I'm like, "Okay." So at a dining table, um, uh, uh, SoCal Open is always on Halloween weekend, and I make a point to always do something for Halloween. So um, the two years ago, I was playing my Night Hunt. This is pre-OBR, so I could bring, you know, it wasn't as relevant. But I wore a, um, I wore a onesie that was a skeleton onesie that accidentally I had bought it from a Chinese company. So I just like chose large without checking the measurements, but like a adult large was really like an American medium small. So like a little too much of me was exposed by accident. So I was just like jumping up and down drunk for a weekend in, in Del Mar, California, like just, you know, skeleton onesie playing night hot and, and having fun. But, uh, the, uh, um, SoCal Open the, the year after, which was this last one that we had, um, I decided to have two different costumes. So in this video, I am a white claw. So I have like a white claw t-shirt and I have like a little necklace and a hat. It's all based on white claw. The next day I was literally a salt shaker. But um, the the event, you can if you can find the video online, John's just asking me random questions after I just like eat an entire Carolina Reaper and I'm just like looking right at the camera. The moment I like go for my cider and I start drinking, that's when I'm in hell. And that's when I'm just like, oh, like in my mind, the only thing that's going on is like, this is temporary. This is temporary. This is temporary. It's going to be, it, it's going to go away. I swear. And uh, it's rough, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like uh, for some of those, those, those peanuts, it's when the oxygen hit the palate. It was just like, you know, and uh, just like, you just keep your mouth closed. And that's where I fucked up with the first one. Because I was, like, talking, and because it wasn't that big a deal. But then, like, the talking, it just threw it all around. But, um, yeah. I mean, my secret weapon is half and half. When you have, like, half and half, like, use half and half to cool the palate. Uh, beer actually works really well, too. Like, mm. cold beer. But uh, Alcohol <sighs> alcohol and fat. Alcohol and fat. Those are your two, those are your secret weapons against, uh, against spicy food. Uh, well, with, um... I was going to say, uh, I don't know if this is going to be relevant for peppers, but for pepper spray, uh, distilled water works good. Hmm. Hmm. Also, FYI. Yeah, if you're, if, you're any, if you're at any uh, protests of our fascist government, uh, you know, you distilled water. <laughs> so, uh, if you don't like milk on your face, then yeah. that's yeah. the alternative. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, any, any final, any closing remarks? Any, anything you get? No. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It has been an absolute treat. Yeah, this this was a blast. Uh, like, punk hammer, y'all. Uh, that's what it's all about now, going forward. I hope to see all the dank memes regarding uh, punk rock Warhammer going forward. Uh, thank you all for watching tonight, chat gang. You are the show within the show. You're the reason we do this thing. Uh, remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, listen to all the punk rock. Once again, Alex, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much, man. All right. Yeah, good night, everybody.